this this is I think episode 288 of Film Bastards welcome one and all to this auspicious occasion why is it auspicious? because we've got a rather lovely man here with us today who is that man? Oh, me? Am I, am I speaking? Me, Bradley Porter. Hi. It's Brad Porter, which means one thing. It's award season, chat. Yes. Yes. Woo! A thousand times yes. But also, also, we have other people here who aren't as attractive. Who are these oh. ugly bastards? Well, I guess that would be us. Hi, everyone. It's Becky. I'm back. Hello, everybody. There we go. Mark and Becky, the ugly ones. If only Noel was here, the only one handsome enough to be in Bridget Jones' baby. <laughs> looking at Bridget Jones's ass, which, by the way... But he's looking so perplexed at it, like he's going, what's her ass? <laughs> and congrats to Brad for the fantastic Photoshop job that he <laughs> that he performed today um, at, at the Noel Mellor to uh, look at that. Yeah, well, I I have. uh, I'm so poor and so need a job. So naturally, instead of working and looking for jobs, that's what I should spend my time doing. I think it's more worthwhile. Yeah, me too. In the long run. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking award season. Also, appropriately, we're also going to be talking about glass. Surely, one of the uh, hot contenders for next year's season. Oh fuck off. (laughs) there we go um so let's uh let's 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 dive in i i'll be honest i've got a feeling the awards chat could could run so if you don't mind i might skip the trailers if anyone unless anyone's got any burning desire to talk about something no. Uh, there were some good trailers, though, when, you know... Oh, fuck it. Go on, then, Brad. What, well, I don't, like... <laughs> I don't listen to your show that often, so... Oh, great. Did you... What did you do last week? I don't think we did. No, we didn't do any last week. It was a review of the year. So show. you haven't done John Wick 3... John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum? No, we haven't, actually. And you no. haven't done High Flying Bird? No. And you haven't done The Beach Bum? And no. you haven't done Wild Rose, which is one of the best films of this year? No. Because I've seen it. So yes. I think you should do trailers. Well, fuck it. No. We'll do it quickly. We should like you should time it. You should put sixty seconds on trailers on All each right. one. All right. Uh, fuck it. Oh Jesus. All right. Stop being so demanding. You fucking. You bastard. invited me on. What? Well, no. Yeah, I did, but not to be demand. Right. Hey Siri. Set a timer for sixty seconds. Your timer is set for one minute. Right. John Wick Chapter Three. He's on a horse. Then he's in the desert. Dogs yeah, kill people. Like the film is all about dogs getting revenge, right? So that's cool. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all fucking for it. It looks classy. It, it, it looks like it's dripping in just loveliness. So colourful it is. I like the fact that the dog seems to have gone from being like, like this thing that he's protecting to like his sidekick, like it's fighting alongside him. I yeah. like that bit in the end. And Angelica fucking Houston's in it, which is awesome. That's always good. Yeah, yeah. and Harry's <laughs> in it. I, I, I'm very up for how Berry just been in literally one big fight set piece, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. 
She's a lovely, isn't she? Is old Larry Fishburne back in this one? Yeah, it's, a, it's him with the dove caressing it like his cock in the trailer. Uh, yeah. Or pigeon, pigeon, not dove. It's not a John Woo film. Like a pest, which is a peasant dove, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> like a common dove. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Set a timer for one minute. Your timer is set for one minute. Right, Wild Rose. Go on, Brad. I haven't actually watched the trailer. Have you guys watched the trailer? Oh, for fuck's no. sake. Okay, well, everyone should watch the trailer because the film is really fucking good and it's going to be huge. It's like the next Billy Elliot kind of thing. It's going to be like a massive smash. It's Tom Harper who did War and Peace, Scouting Book for Boys, War Book, Woman in Black 2 will ignore. It's about a Scottish woman who comes out of prison and wants to be a country singer, so she's trying to save some money to go to Nashville and all the things that entails. But it's surprisingly bittersweet and feel good at the same time. And Jesse Buckley is going to be the biggest star ever off the back of that beast before it. So just watch the trailer for Wild Rose is all I'll say. Uh, Do you know what? I'm very much sold on that. There we go. Yeah. He just had to say Nashville, didn't he? A musician from Glasgow Dreams becoming a Nashville star. So... Yeah, and Sophie Okonedo is fantastic in it as well, who I don't think we see enough of nowadays, considering she's an Oscar nominee. Yeah, I, I I do like Jessie Buckley as well. Like, so she sings in this, does she? Oh god, yeah. yeah. Oh fuck yeah, go oh, on. Oh, very quickly, right. the songs are written by Mary no, Steenburgen. No, what? Yeah, carry on. Okay, hey Siri, set a timer for one minute. Your timer is set for one minute. Okay, uh, the beach bum. This looks fun and also looks like it could be a fucking mess. I feel like Matthew McGarney has been like working his whole career up to this point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's it's one of those that it could go it could go either way. It could be. I'm glad it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah, I, I mean, I, right. Okay, I love Spring Breakers, but you know, like Isla Fisher is always better in weird comedy, and Zac Efron is great, and Martin Lawrence is fucking in it, which is awesome. And Jonah Hill, they both get Anne's contractually. And of course, um, Zephron's in it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, it just looks like Matthew McConaughey is a stoner, whatever money guy trying to write the great American novel from Harmony Korean. It's like it's going to be great. It's going to be a tie dye nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to, it's going to have. It's basically one big long music video, like all Harmony Korean's movies are. <laughs> And moving on. What is it, High Fly Bird or High Life? But fucking hang on a second. Hey Siri, set a timer for one minute. Okay, your timer is set for one minute. High Life, yes please. Yeah, very much, very much up for it. High concept. Um, Robert Pattinson is quietly uh, becoming a really, really interesting actor. He uh, has become. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he has. I, I thought he was incredible in The Lost City of Zay. And yeah. I thought his performance in that was was just magnificent. I thought he was absolutely captivated throughout all of it. Yeah, I feel Good Time kind of overshadowed that performance. This one just looks like an awesome load of spunk in space. Yeah. And it's amazing that, like, Claire Denis' film is, like, getting such a huge push by, like, A24 with massive trailers and is set in space. It just feels like we're in an alternate universe that I'm happy to be in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's- and Mia Goth kind of can cheat her way through one more film, can't she? I think she's one of those people that people are going to kind of catch up to eventually, but all the while she plays breathy English women and doesn't really do much, she'll get away with it. Yeah. She's so, very yeah. Okay. Hey, Siri. 
Set a timer for one minute. Okay, your timer is set for one minute. High Flying Bird. This is out soon. Yay. Yeah, it's like, what, two weeks? We, 8th of February, isn't it? It's, uh, I just remember that, obviously, Soderbergh was fired off Moneyball, like, what, two months before they started filming? Mm. And it feels like this is an itch he really wants to scratch, and I'm happy to let him scratch it, because Andre Holland is Andre Holland's great, and it's the guy that wrote Moonlight. Still fucking shot on an iPhone, but at least it looks better than Unsane. It definitely looks better than Unsane. Holy shit. Good point. I fucking hated Unsane. I, you... You are, because Brad did as, uh, Mark did as well. You're both silly. I'm sure Unsane will come up when we're talking about glass as well. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyone else want to say anything about High Flying Quiet on this. I've not seen the trailer for this, uh, but um, Easy Beats, uh, Carl McLaughlin, Bill Duke. Fuck yeah. Um, oh, it's got Zachary Quinn on it. I, I, I nearly fell asleep saying his name is that boring. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. That wasn't bad. Five trailers, five minutes. There we are. All right, fine, Mr. Fucking and do you, producer. Do you feel that there was anything left on the table? Maybe this is a good format going forward, you know? He was actually quite good, actually. I quite like the one minute trailer thing. All right, fucking why don't you just go and suck each other's dicks? I mean, it's Blah. the length that most trailers should be anyway. If you can't sell it in one minute, then you've got a bad thing. You've got a bad product on your hand. Fair point. That is a fair point. I mean, literally, the trailer for Mission Impossible Fallout was just Henry Cavill pumping his arms, Tom Cruise jumping out of the thing, and, like, something in that helicopter. And then, of course, like, well, we're going to see that fucking film. <laughs> Fallout trailer is magnificent. That should be awarded, uh, nominated for an Oscar all by itself. Yeah, the trailer should be nominated for Best Film, yeah. Yeah, probably mint. Well, it makes more sense than Bohemian Rhapsody. It absolutely fucking does. Right. Okay. <laughs> let's 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 get on to the Oscar nominate um, nominations. I should say as well, we're going to separately record uh, the pa- first patron review. Paul Dyer's pick eight and a half. Um, Mark and Becky haven't been able to see it yet because they've had internet trouble. So I've not uh, seen it either, and I wouldn't be not involved. So there's no point in doing it now. No, there you go. So um, that's fine. We're going to record that separately. I have seen it, and I really, really fucking liked it, and I've got a feeling that Mark is going to be wanting to scratch his eyeballs out, and I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> I have actually seen it. You've well, seen Eight and a Half? Yeah, but about 25 years ago, maybe. Right, okay. You we were 11. I, uh, yeah, I watched it when I was, what, 12, 13 years old, I think. You're a weird fucking kid. I was. I, I was that kid. Nice. Right. Oscars, 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 and so we're doing, so we're doing Oscars before Glass. Yeah, why not? Um, I've got, I don't know. I've got a feeling we might want to like talk about. I, I, I would rather have the time for Oscar chat than I cool. would Glass. I mean, you can sum Glass up in a few words. So you're right. Well, we, we'll I, hopefully we'll have <laughs> more than a few words. So. Um, Okay, so let's 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 go through the awards season stuff then. So, um, Kumail Nanjiani and the other person announced the nominations. Tracy Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross, sorry, who's in Blackish, isn't she? Yeah, and is also Diana Ross's daughter. Okay, that's great. And now they announced the nominations in a cupboard on uh, Tuesday morning. That was so weird, wasn't it? Did yeah. you like see that the room behind them looked like the room where they normally do the Oscar nomination announcement? Yes. It, it was, was like it was really like oh shit we, we're doing this now whose office is this doesn't matter get in there now was was it was it better than uh, the year that was it last year or year before that um, 
Tiffany Haddish and what's his name? Andy Serkis did it. And she just kept on getting people's names wrong all the time and laughing. That was about fucking it. funny, though. And, and, and Andy Serkis played the most amazing gentleman in constantly saying, just like correcting her, and, but making it seem really, really charming and really professional, as all she did was just laugh about the fact that she couldn't say people's names. At one point, Serkis actually literally said, it's amazing the fact that you've been hired and paid to literally just read out names that you can't pronounce. It's like when football pundit and commentators people get their names, like players' names wrong, and it's like you're being paid to fucking be there, do some research. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite funny that. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is you had one job, isn't it? Like, yeah, but then she also did say that she was dyslexic and they probably shouldn't have hired her for the job anyway if it involves really off a teleprompter. So they're both at fault. Fair point. Um, I think we all know who was at fault. It's bugging your absolute fault. It is fucking bugging your absolute fault. Okay, let's... <laughs> Let's just fucking let's just get let's just let, let people get it off their chests then. So, Boho Rapso got quite a few nominations. Don't um, call it by an affectionate nickname. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> it's Bo Rap. No, it's fucking Bo Rap. Piece of shit. Right. Okay. I'm so angry that it's been nominated right. for best picture. So the thing is. The thing is, is it actually going to win anything? Best actor, probably. Really? Do you reckon? I think the people that love it, and people really love it, if you talk to people, not just people people, but industry people, and they're going to want to throw their vote for it somewhere. And I, yeah, I do think that was the safest place. That is the safest place that could because it. even people, maybe not you, but the majority of people that hate the film still can come out with some kind words for him. Nice crap. I think he's actually really good. Like I, I, I said, I actually I watched it feeling sorry for him that he's not getting to do what he's doing in a better film. And I think that might come through in the voting. I think. Who knows? I, I think apart there's like two categories this year that are like easy to call, and everything else is a toss up between at least two people. I mean, or I, films. I get, I get the sense that if Vice was more generally liked, still um, got eight nominations though. Y- yeah, no, but I mean, like it, it in terms of you know, you've got the people who love it, who fucking love it, and then the rest maybe not quite as much. I wonder if Christian Bale would maybe get more heat. I think if Christian Bale had never won an Oscar before. Yeah. I, like, yeah, but he's, he's only won in supporting. And also, people like him. And he does what people like in actors. He's doing what Gary Oldman did last year. And he, again, I find talking to people who don't like Vice as much, I find it hard to separate his performance from the film. But it's a great performance. It is a great performance. Yeah, but why, why can people do that with Bohemian Rhapsody and say, oh, yeah, but Rami Malek well, is great? Because it's easier to say that that film is a piece of shit and Rami Malek is good, yeah. whereas Vice is more complicated. But people, to... people, people, I think, when is right, people can literally go, well, that's where I'm going to put my vote for that, is in Rami Malek. Um, but people that, like Adam McKay. You know, they like... Yeah, the consensus is that Rami Malek is great. I agree with you. I, I think it's, it's a... It's, it's Virgin on Bad Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it is. It's like a crap impression. It's an impression, uh, yeah. rather than a performance. Uh, and it's a crap impression when you actually 
compare it to what Freddie Mercury actually was sounded actually like. Was like, or looked like, or moved like. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but Joaquin Phoenix looked nothing like Johnny Cash. He was about but, a foot but, taller but, and sounded nothing like him. But I think I, at least there, it was it was always, that was more of a performance than, than this. I, I, just, I just think it's kind of like people think that's that fine. what he sounds like. I, we just I, have I, different things. I think it's a good performance. You don't. <laughs> but I, I, I don't see... But I agree with you. In fact, he, he doesn't have anything to do in it. Um, but... The fact oh, was that it? he's tried to do a voice, he's tried to do his voice and failed so miserably. That's it. If you've got to do an impression of someone, like with, with Joaquin Phoenix and Johnny Cash, you know, yeah, he did the... He did sort of, the mannerisms. Yeah, and stuff like that. But he, he got it right. The bits that he got right, he got right. And whereas... Rami Malek has tried to do an impression of Freddie Mercury and just failed. I don't know. I went back and watched some. I, I went back and watched some interviews of Freddie Mercury and the performance afterwards, and I thought it was pretty spot on. So maybe we're looking at different like, things. I don't give a fuck about how he sounds when he talks. It's just I got the feeling that the vibe was Freddie Mercury. Uh, I, I, from 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 what I've watched, it, it's too. It just doesn't. It just doesn't meet for me. I don't think he deserves to win, but I'm totally fine with him being nominated. And if he won, it wouldn't be the thing that would make me the most angry this year. I think that's the thing. Obviously, Bradley Cooper gives the best performance in that category. He's also the only person playing a fictional character, which also amps up the degree of difficulty and should always be rewarded. You could argue that Tony Lip is fictional because no one fucking knows who the real Tony Lip is, you know, um, <laughs> Mortensen's playing. But, you know, Jackson Maine, although he's probably an amalgamation of rock stars, is an original character and is nothing like Bradley Cooper. Like, he disappears yeah. into that role. Well, that's it. I, I was. I, mean, I, I rewatched the Star Is Born this week. Uh, yeah, I watched it right after rewatching Bohemian fucking Rhapsody. <laughs> which yeah, and, was... and, and, and what I will say there is, it is that there's there's more emotion in the scene where um, Lady Gaga singing uh, "Living on Rose" in that performance by Bradley Cooper than. Anything I saw. Him. There's more emotion in the first five seconds of Bradley Cooper when he walks on stage and there's a real crowd in the audience. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it as well. That, that, that I said to this to you, uh, it, it's the, the idea and the decision to do it live singing as well is a, a big thing. Well, that's a strike against Rami Malek. I think if you're going to lip sync people, then it takes again, it takes away again away a degree of difficulty. If you look like someone and sound like someone, people are going to think it's a good performance. Like how fucking Jamie Foxx won when the two biggest things an actor has in their toolbox are their eyes and their voice. He doesn't fucking use either of them. He somehow won an Oscar for Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. And Eddie, uh, Eddie Redmayne won. Eddie Redmayne won an Oscar for his makeup team and his ADR specialist. I, I, I'm looking forward to the day when people realise that Eddie Redmayne is a shit actor. I think they kind of got there. I think it's getting there. The Aeronauts will be a test for me next year because I think, as I said with Wild Rose, Tom Harper is an amazing filmmaker, but it's both got a re-teaming of Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones, which feels like an anthenoma for any kind of enjoyment I might have in a film. <laughs> so, What's wrong with Felicity Jones? She's another fucking try-hard, isn't she? Everything is <laughs> acting. You know, you can see them acting. Wow. Okay. The same tricks I, and the same tics. Have I, you I, heard I, her I, accent we, in, on the basis of sex? Yeah, with, all right. Felicity Jones, I, I'll be honest, I could stare at her mouth for hours. She has a fascinating mouth. There's an awful lot going on with that woman's mouth. Have you seen The Secret of Nim? I have seen The Secret of Nim, yes. And yes, she does look like the... Um, 
we're asking the secret of him. Yeah, that's it. Well, she's a mouse, isn't she? She's not a film, actually, that. I know, I fucking love that film. I hope they don't watch it down that shit like they did over <laughs> I hope they don't. I'm pretty sure that was on Prime a while ago, because I nearly watched it. A game that I thought... She's a mouse, not a rat, but she is Felicity Jones. If you're going to mocap that like fucking Favreau or what Circus is doing, <laughs> you don't even need to do that much work. And I mean that in a nice way. It's a cute mouse, and she's a cute person, but she is very, you know, Mrs. Um, Brisby-like. Okay. Off topic. Um, <laughs> Bohemian... No, so yes, best act. We're on. We start with best actor, haven't we? So Jackson, May. I mean, who else is there? Ethan Hawke's not there, so the whole category should be void anyway. Yeah, yeah, you agree. On, you, that's what you said. Straight away, wasn't it, Bex? Yeah. I can't believe that enough people actually watched At Eternity's Gate to vote for Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I, I, it's, I bet Willem Dafoe when, when somebody rang him and told him he went. Really. It's the only main category non-foreign language film that I haven't even seen yet. They didn't show it at the London Film Festival. There's barely been any screenings. No, it's it, it's an odd one, isn't it? Because it, it misses the BAFTA deadline here. It doesn't come out till the 31st of March. So and that, was no its only nomina- that was its only nomination as well, wasn't it? Its only it? nomination. I love Julian yeah. Schnabel, even though, yeah, because I think Guardian Bell and the Butterfly is fantastic, but I still can't bring myself to watch three hours of this, although Oscar Isaac and Mads Mikkelsen are in it. It's a fucking sexy film. Love you, monkey. <sighs> yeah, okay. Does she not want to hear about how sexy Mads Mikkelsen and Oscar Isaac are? Lots, do you want to hear about how sexy Mads Mikkelsen and Oscar Isaac are? I don't, I don't know about it. Okay. Oh, enough. you will. You will. Okay. I love you, baby. All right. Night, night. I don't know everything left my school tells me or you. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Love you. Um, I love you too. Did, did <laughs> you bots just say that Mads Mickelson's a teacher at her school? <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. I hugged Mads Mickelson once. It was the happiest time of my life. <laughs> I hugged oh. Mad Mickelson the same night I met Oscar Isaac. Like, literally, it was the best night of my life. <laughs> that does... Oh, it was really tough. And that Oscar Isaac like was shorter point. than me, which really made me happy. I, I, I still remember a, a friend of mine um, um, ringing me up to tell me he was stood behind Vincent Cassell in a um, coffee shop in London. And he said, he smells fantastic. <laughs> and Vincent Cassell turned around and just went... There's a story I'll have to tell you about that <laughs> night one day when it isn't like on the public record because it's very funny. Okay. Right. So anyway, who else was nominated? Willem. Yeah, I don't believe enough people have fucking seen that film. Like, I just can't get my head around it. When Ethan Hawke, what is he? What did he end up with? Thirty-one critics awards. Mm. Something the fact like that. He's not even nominated. Is 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 mildly bad. Exactly. Him and Tony Collette got the most critics awards for actor and actress. I think in the end, and neither of them are nominated. Somebody did point out the thing, this is the first time Viggo Martinson's been nominated for an Academy Award where he hasn't got his dick count. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you don't know that, you haven't seen the film. No, he, he hasn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. Oh. It's a really, well, we're going to get into that whole thing in a, in a, in a bit, but um, Peter Farrelly, on the other hand, I, uh, <laughs> the, um, and then who's who's the other one? Rami Malek, Bradley Cooper, Viggo Mortensen, Willem Dafoe, Christian Bale. and Christian Bale. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, again, like, it really is a toss-up. I think if you had to put money on it now, it would probably be Rami Malek or Christian Bale. But then if Bradley Cooper's going to get any sympathy for not getting a Best Director nomination, it's probably going to go to Best Actor, not Best Picture. Yeah. It's, if it's... he fucking shows up and starts campaigning, doesn't walk around like a preppy asshole. 
He's I, I, from from what people have seen, he's just not that. He's not that tough. No, but it's also the fact that I, I, can't, I can't remember who it was I read. I think it was Carl McCann who wrote something like, uh, it's going to be hard to get sympathy for Bradley Cooper just because of his general Bradley Cooperness." Yeah. Um, and that is it. It's like, I mean, if he wanted to win that Oscar, he would schedule uh, the, the week before voting an impromptu concert at the Hollywood Bowl of him and her in character singing those songs. Oh, my God. And then he'd win the Oscar. He needs to turn up somewhere if he had been doing this whole campaign in the cowboy hat and beard he'd be winning everything that's it the fact that he's not it is kind of telling and i don't even know if he'll sing the song with her at the oscars well that's it I, I, it's well it, he said previously he, that if it got nominated they had something in mind to do yeah and i bet you they're gonna get chris christopherson out in a homage to the last star is born it, it wouldn't surprise you would it? oh shit but love it and love, love the character it is a bit of a fuck you but, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. He is I, acting I, I, a little like bit above it, you know? I'd like to see him start to, in the next sort of few weeks, start to have a little bit of stubble to see if it's... <laughs> what is it? But just his general aloofness. around. Because him. he actually deserves it. That's what's so frustrating. That, yeah. fucking, he's, he's fucking his way out of something he deserves. The guy has had seven nominations in, what, like six years? Yeah. But I think, I think he's just one of those that just isn't that fussed by it all. No, he'll be a he'll be a Paul Newman or a Redford or one of those guys that gets it when like Brad Pitt will do that as well. They'll get it when they're older and less good looking. Yeah, that's it. It'll be one of those. Um, but yeah, so I think. But really, I think. I mean, I, I do think. Watch the SAG this weekend. I there's a horrible sinking feeling that Bohemian Rhapsody is going to take Best Ensemble for having the weakest ensemble of the year. Yeah, that, it's not even really an ensemble, is it? Let's be honest, because the majority of people could name a couple of people in it. What of the actors? Yeah, yeah. It's not, a, it's not a stellar fucking cast. What do you mean, Gwillem Lee, Ben <laughs> Harley, uh, um, Mike Myers, Tom Hollander as Miami, Aidan Gillen, Alan Leach, aka so, the Irish Jim Butler Gillen, from Downton Abbey. It's Lucy Boynton, who is now banging Rami Malek, 13 years her senior. Really? Yeah. I saw someone on Twitter as well say that it was a star-making performance from her. I'm like, did you not fucking see Sing Street, you fucking critic? This is a film journalist. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> she was in Apostle as well, wasn't she? Yeah, she but like, was, turned yeah, it off after 20 minutes. Hmm. Um, uh, so, I, yes, I, 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 I'd probably win SAG as well, uh, Rami Malek. I just want to say I was disappointed John David Washington didn't get in there. Yeah. But if you had to pick between him or Ethan Hawke? Yeah, but if you had to pick between him and Rami Malek or Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I haven't seen Willem Dafoe, and Viggo Mortensen, if I had a vote, would be the second to win. So, I mean, he's great in that film. Well, I think there's been too much problematic shit come out. Yeah, but I wouldn't... But his performance, if we're judging it on a performance level, you, I mean, is is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like personally, I'd have Hawk, Washington, Cooper in there at the, at the very least. Um, I, I haven't seen Green Book. I haven't seen At Eternity's Gate, so it's it's hard to say. But I would, for me, I would, take out, Bale, I, I would take out Bale and I would take out Malik. I was fascinated by all the little choices Bale was making that I think transcended his makeup. I remain unconvinced, but I need to give that. An, I, I maybe need to give that film another go. But I, you, you love... see, I, I think from, from what I get up with Vice is you seem to 
either want to like it more than you do or hate it more than you actually do, <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah, I well, just... you're mixed on it and you don't want to be mixed on it. You want to have a feeling one way or the other, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's exactly it. I, I, I should really, really love that film and I don't. And I feel that there are bits that McKay... There are, there are things in that film that McKay does that are beneath him. There's clunky stuff, like the weird opening with him getting pulled over by a cop that just feels like a weird, really weird way to open the film. Um, I'm upset they cut a huge musical number out of it because I, I, I really wanted to see that. And But, you know, there's stuff in it. Have you got it, Mark and Becky, have you seen it? Yes, yeah. Yeah. There's that, that shot of him in the door of the Oval Office in the shadows just fucking sent a chill down my spine. Yeah, I think, that is a good shot, yes. And I just keep thinking of that. Like, that shot is an all-timer, and there's so much good shit in there. I don't think it's a perfect film. I think it's a solid four stars. I wouldn't nominate it for Best Picture. Or you know, necessarily even screenplay, but I think Christian Bale, what works is it. I mean, that shot in the doorway, it's not just the makeup. It's, post- it's everything. He's doing so much. Anyway. Again, he wouldn't be my winner, but I'm fine with him being nominated. John David Washington, I love him, Black Klansman. And it would be lovely if he got nominated. But again, for me, I just have to focus all my rage onto Ethan Hawke not getting nominated for the best performance of the decade. Yes. No, exactly. Um, Okay, so uh, Best Actress is interesting. It kind of feels like Glenn Close is going to win it because she's Glenn Close. Like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Well, bear in mind, no one was saying this until the Globes. There were a few people yeah, who thought no. it might happen. That is the power of a great speech and just how good it felt to watch her win. Mm. And how good it felt to watch Lady Gaga lose. And I think that's, again, because Lady Gaga's been doing the Bradley Cooper thing of walking around like she deserves it. She's kind of insufferable in real life. Like she's that's kind it. Of and she can be quite likeable in that character, but as an actual person out in the world, she's, she's, a very, she's such a fucking love She's a very good performer, She's yeah. The two her 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 whole thing is a performance, even when she's not performing, and that can be irksome. The two big strikes against her, I think, again, yeah, one that she walks around like she's looking entitled to it was nice to see her lose. But the other thing is, if she had been credited in that film and campaign under her real name and not Lady Gaga, she'd probably win. But who the fuck wants to tick a box next to Lady Gaga on a ballot for Best Actress? Absolutely, well, this yeah. Is what well, you I've said. This. I've, I've hated this since the very first. At least Cher was Cher's name when she won. You know. Hmm. Uh, I, I do think it just felt good to watch her lose, even though I think she's very good in the film. And it felt good to watch Glenn Close win. I think Isn't Glenn, Glenn Close, Close like the most nominated actress who's never won. Yeah, yeah. And I think she had. I think she is likely to win based on that Golden Globe reception. But I don't think she wins SAG this weekend. I think, although the wife was the first screener to go out, so there's always to SAG. Apparently, there's always that in its side. But again, if anyone's going to go for Gaga. It's going to be them. And mm. then Olivia Coleman's winning BAFTA. Yeah. Like, and the thing about the BAFTAs is, and we'll come back to this in, in Best Supporting Actor later as well, is they are the night before voting opens. So if you give a good speech there, it and you, really And you know happens. she will. You yeah. know she'll be exactly. her usual charming self. I mean, Olivia Coleman's filming The Crown. She's missing SAG this weekend if she wins. She's missing a, big, a few of the big opportunities to talk. But if she wins that BAFTA... It's like it's how Marion Cotillard goes from not going to win to the front runner. It's how um, you know, Mark Ryland suddenly goes over Stallone. You know, all these things that happen. Still angry about that. You are still angry about that. 
Have any of us seen Can You Ever Forgive Me yet? Three times. It's fucking amazing. I really want to see that. I saw it. Yeah, you Sorry, missed the screening like my friend did on Sunday. I literally Monday. forgot that I was supposed to go until half an hour after it started. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I saw it on the London Film Festival and again on Sunday at that screening and again on Tuesday with a Q&A with Richard E. Grant and I, it gets better Fantastic. every time I see it. It's like a co- lovely companion piece in a weird way to Inside Lewin Davis, which is like one of my oh, favourite films ever. motherfucker. You're fucking like... Oh, those they're both films words. set in a snowy New York about oh, struggling creatives dealing de- dealing with the city that they're supposed to love but seems to hate them. Oh fuck! Does Garrett Headland drive her around at any point? No, but seeing oh. as I re- oh, there's a cat in it as well. But seeing oh. as I really, really didn't like Diary of a Teenage Girl, I thought it felt like a student film. Agree. She has become her. This film is so well directed. Okay, it's out next weekend, isn't it? Yeah, same day as House Training Dragon 3, though. I mean, how the fuck do you... Ugh. Well, I just go and see that yeah, with both. the kids, and then, you know, like, that's... And then go okay. see House Training Dragon on yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, so yeah, Melissa McCarthy's amazing, but, I, again, I mean, I like The Wife a lot, and who doesn't want to see Glenn Close win? Out on iTunes be- on Monday. I think we need to get that watch next week, folks. Sorry. What is? Uh, the Wife. Yeah. I think uh, it's between Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman, just based on the fact that Coleman is going to win that BAFTA. Mm. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I think it, yeah, it is between those two, isn't it? So I'm guessing we could then use this category to start one point and then bring it into Best Supporting Actress, which is Jalitza uh-huh. Aparicio. Indeed. Getting nominated for playing herself. Um, anyone else have thoughts? Uh, I'm... Very, very cool with Marina de Tavira winning, uh, no, sorry, being nominated for Best Supporting Actress purely for the scene in which she drives her car between the two other cars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I I thought that character made an impact with not nearly as much screen time as uh, Yelizia Aparicio. There's two things that I remember um, about Roma. One is the fact that I did think that she was very good in it, and two is essentially it was about cleaning dog shit up. Oh, God, so well. much fucking dog shit cleaning. There was too much dog shit in that movie. I mean, so it's a weird one. I mean, I, okay, so I have a weird kind of bias against Roma anyway, I think. I don't know. I saw it the way it was meant to be seen, apparently, you know, Dolby Atmos, huge fucking screen. Um, and all of that back in October, and everyone around me was weeping, and I was just like, okay, why? Um, I was just like, I just watched a two and a half, 15 minute film that a man made about his maid because he probably feels guilty about how his family treated her. I thought it was con- so condescending and yeah, indulgent. Yeah, absolutely. And if that film was made by anyone else, if that film had a name you didn't know of, but it was exactly the same film that film would be lucky to win best foreign language film against cold war and shoplifters and Capernaum. Mm. And I think it's people going all in for the auteur, not the film. Because yeah. I can't believe that that many members of the Academy watched it and not I, just that alone. I still don't think that many people have actually watched it. I think it's getting a bit of the 12 years of slave thing of we're voting for it because we have to. Um, 
But I don't know that many people watched it and knew fucking Marina Del Tavira's name to put it on a ballot. I'm pretty certain they just wrote Mother from Roma and people had to figure it out. Yeah. Like, there, there, was a, there was a lot of... Alexa, who played the mother in, in, yeah. in Roma? It's... it's, it's... <laughs> sorry, Alexa. Alexa, sorry. <laughs> it's... Uh... But it's a weird one with Roma because like, I appreciate it. It's beautifully made. And the bit in the hospital obviously is moving. Um, oh, it's a cheap shot. That bit is- uh, I, I, yeah, that was, that, was the low, that was a low blow for me. I don't know. It worked for me. I thought, again, made different things. But I found it moving. But I just I sat there and think, fair enough. you know, I just sat there and thought, you've made a film. I, I get it, Alfonso Cuaron. You feel bad about your mate. Your daddy was a dick. And you once watched a film about spacemen that made you want to go make a film about spacemen. So I, that's kind of what I got from it. And I then, so my resentment comes from two things. And one is that every, being told you have to see the film this way. And it's like, no, motherfucker. I saw Lawrence of Arabia taped off ITV with advert breaks in four by three. And it's still one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. A good film can be seen however you see it and you can still love it. And if you're saying that's how you have to see Roma, then you have a problem with your film. Yeah. Um, or you just have a snob factor. So I, well, that's, that's it. It was my, my issue with it with, thing was it was a bit like he seemed like he was above making a movie for netflix but he just made a movie for netflix well yes that it's like look don't just you know if, if you're going to commit to netflix making your movie commit to say no you can watch this film on netflix and that's why i think netflix is wonderful because great films can be watched anywhere yeah. if i was netflix i'd say i don't care how many fucking oscars you win you ain't getting my money again you prick uh, I mean, I, I still wonder how many people outside of film circles have actually sat down and watched Roma on Netflix. And I don't think winning... I think if it wins Best Picture, it will age very badly for the Academy in terms of trying to make them seem relevant again. No, it, it, it made me laugh. My um, my boy Paul in work, we were talking about the nominations the other day. He was like, the only one I haven't seen out of that lot is Roma, and it's the one that's most easily accessible to me. What the fuck yeah. is that about? Course, you know? Who wants to fucking watch two and a half hours of a fucking... Dog shit. dog shit up. my parents watch everything and even they can't bring themselves to watch it um it's, and it's there it's there for them they have trekked out to west to the west end to see the favorite to other places to see green book but they can't be bothered to watch the one that's right in front of them they attended the wembley stadium premiere of boho rapso <laughs> no my mom actually refuses to watch it but my dad went to the shitty order shop city world where they play everything out of focus and say it's an artistic decision on the behalf of the filmmakers um does their super screen play all the ads and trailers in scope as well, like ours does for that real yeah. cinematic experience where you can't see the top and bottom? Uh, yeah, the Leicester Square one does. Yeah, but, um, but so I think it's a weird one. You look, I mean, actually, in a weird way, yes, I agree with you that Marina Del Tavira is probably the one that deserves it more, even though her nomination was more of a surprise. Whereas yeah. Elite Rapparizio was less of a surprise. But I mean, really? It's like Bahad Abdi and Kuvenjane Wallace. It's like, how much of it is... I'm not saying... Know, I'm not saying she deserved a nomination. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm, I think it's fun that she's there. And I definitely would rather have her over Yelizia Aparici. Yeah, I don't think she bumped anyone out. I think she took advantage of a weak supporting actress field. The fact that go. three of those yeah. performances are lead actors things anyway. Mm. Um, but it, I just sit there and think, you know, Roma getting those nominations shows that inexplicably people really like that film or are voting for it because they think they have to. Um, mm. I don't know. I just think the film is just. Oh yeah, my, my other my other problem with it is that he had 108 days to shoot that film. You know, he had. Although the official budget is 15 million dollars, a you know it was more than that, and b you don't have a 108 day shoot for 15 million dollars without exploiting the shit out of your workforce. <laughs> yeah. 
And my bar for like how long you should take to shoot a film is that 72 days because Independence Day was shot in 72 days. And if you can make Independence Day in 72 days, you do not need 108 days to make Roma. <laughs> good point. Yeah, no, it's fair. <laughs> That's a great Very bar. Good point. That's a fucking great bar. Yeah, anyone can orchestrate shots like that if you have 108. And I've heard some stories about the making of Roma that I wouldn't want to repeat to not get people in trouble. But again, if people really knew how awful Alfonso Cuarón, at some point, Hollywood is going to have to start making a stand not just on sexual harassment, but just people being cunts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you will see both Inaritu and Cuarón probably get kicked out of the industry, not to mention a shit ton of others. But um, yeah, I'll tell you those stories again when we're yeah, not recording. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm starting a new project in work next week, and I am definitely going to use the line: "We can get this done in 72 days." They filmed Independence Day in 72 days. We can get this done in 72 days. That's fucking amazing. But it's true though. Independence Day is a masterpiece, and if you can shoot that in 72 days, you don't need 108 days to film a woman standing on one leg. <laughs> It's a bit well. To be fair, they probably took a few days to film that bit where the guy's trying to get his car in the garage. Or the fucking new Taekwondo dance, or whatever it is. He's fucking uh, that, was, that, 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 that was just fucking yeah. Anywhere. There's one. The one shot in that film I thought was absolutely breathtaking. I mean, there's lots of beautiful shots in it, but the one I don't think anyone's talking about. I found it just stunning. Was the one where she's on the date with that dickhead in the back of the cinema, and they're in the corner, and just that all of those cinema seats and all of those people watching that screen, and just something about that I thought was like, oh. That's gorgeous. Yeah, that, that was a nice shot. It's just the fact that that shot was entirely lit with just the cinema screen as well. Yeah. Like, there's that's really of, impressive. That's it. I feel like there's Roma is lots of nice shots that people are mistaking for a narrative. It's it's basically a, a, a little poster section in Athena in 1996. <laughs> but but it's but again very specific reference but but again if you're looking at best foreign language film which i guess we can move on to is sure. like here's 108 days with untold money of netflix's cash to make this indulgent two-hour 15 minute film about a maid and then there's pavel pavelkowski yeah. making a beautiful 15 year spanning epic love story in 86 minutes with the most beautiful cinematography of the year that is actual yeah. lighting and cinematography not yeah. just some big epic pans that people are mistaking for cinematography yeah i'm, I'm just agreeing brad like please yeah. continue so that's the thing I, 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 I've, I've, I've not seen God War yet. I, I, oh, you have no excuse. No, Brad, it's, oh, sorry, Mark, it's 86 fucking minutes, buddy. You could do and it to the shit. it's been on, on home cinema since, uh, when was it, August? August, I yeah. Well, I, I, I've got it on, what is it, anyway, uh, iTunes, so it's, it's going to get watched. Right, you can, even the trailer is a better film than Roma, so you can... Cold War is... Amount of I mean, I've come up a bunch across a bunch of normals you know as we like to call them who've watched but cold war i've been a bit bemused they're like oh it just kept jumping through time and i didn't know what was going on i'm like yeah but you're supposed to fill in the gaps with your brain um very difficult for me but oh i mean again if you look in that category cold war is the best film there burning isn't in there which is outrageous did you someone did the stats on this that outside of japan um which has been nominated 13 times. Asian countries have only been nominated something like 12 times collectively. Wow. The rest of the Asian countries in 70, something like 90 years or whatever. That's crazy. 
and like burning his fat. I mean, I'm not sure what you'd kick out. It's a pretty strong. I haven't seen Never Look Away, but other than that, it's a really strong lineup. But burning is incredible. Is is Never Look Away uh, Henkel von Donnersmark's first film since The Tourist? I think so. But it's also now. it's another three hour one. I will watch it. Yeah. Got Paul Revere in it. Did you see France? The Francois Ozon film from last year. F A F R A N T Z. No, I didn't get to oh. it. If you like Cold War, watch France. Oh, really? Another Ooh. gorgeous black and white to a point. I won't spoil spoil it. Film about a a, a, a woman in Germany um, who has to deal with a French guy coming to stay right after the war and falling in love with him, even though she still you can't shake those feelings of the French being the enemy. Oh shit! That sounds great. And, yeah, and the girl yeah, in Paul Revere. Yeah, stunning. And the girl in that is in uh, Never Look Away, which is why I want to see it, just because she was so good in that. And she was pretty much an unknown. Nice. I, um, I, feel, I feel bad for not getting to Shoplifters, because that did play in Cardiff, and I just didn't yeah. get to it. I like Shoplifters a lot. I just sit there, but I, and then, actually, if this was... If, if, the problem is Roma will win because it's voted on by the whole Academy now, but if the foreign language thing went back to how it used to be, which was a select committee voting on the nominee, on the winners, yeah, yeah. I think Roma would actually lose, because I think that's what always happened. The favourite always lost, and I think Capernaum would win because it's the most nakedly sentimental, and it's also fantastic. Like, mm. you cry buckets when you watch that one. Um, so that I think I think Roma is third or fourth best in that category assuming i haven't seen the fifth um, yeah i i, I oh, fuck i need to, i just need to watch more of the foreign language films i mean but burning did sound like a shock i think i think that's out over here in february two weeks 1st, time february 1st or is it the 15th i just sit there and thought burning didn't surprise me because a two and a half hour film it's got some cycles psychosexual undertones it's quite dark it's it's quite critical of toxic matter it's quite it's quite a but it's a masterpiece it doesn't surprise me that they omitted it. It's, it's just a shame. I'm, I'm, it seems like that's going to get a good release as well because there's po- there's posters up for it in our cinema world, so it does kind of seem like it's actually going to make a bit of an impact, which is great. Yeah, um, I mean, it, yeah. I, it was supposed to come out on the 15th of February, I think, but it seems to have disappeared off the release calendar. Hold on. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, oh no, 1st of February limited is, is its release, so next week. Um, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, so foreign language, that foreign language category is better than the uh, best picture category. Nice. Uh, the, 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 okay, someone else pick a category. Um, I'm just going to say best makeup and hairstyling. I am a massive fan of the fact that Border uh, got in there. Um, really, I thought that makeup was atrocious. No, no, just let me finish. For the fact that basically it's they made two ordinary-looking people look weird. And that's literally all they... that That's all they did. Like, And they get a nomination for it. Over I mean, Suspiria and Stan and Ollie. It, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, like, I am not a fan of Suspiria, but what they did with Tilda Swinton definitely was more impressive than what they did with Border. I mean, like, yeah. But There's I just think... Of- I, it's crazy the board is nominated for an Oscar. Like, There's a that couple of is, things yeah. about makeup that baffle me. One, I spent about an hour and a half googling the other day, and I still can't find a legitimate reason why they only ever have three nominees in makeup. Why it's only ever three? Yeah, like I can't actually find a reason. No one seems to know. Um, and like and Stan and Ollie and Spirit. Now, obviously, I wonder whether the, and the favorite didn't even make the fucking shortlist for makeup and hairstyling, which is bonkers. Um, mm, it's good hair. 
but I wonder whether there's some sort of bias. I mean, because Suspiria and Stan Ollie were both done by my friend Mark Coulier, who won two Oscars for Iron Lady and Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm. And I do wonder, because they had to do the bake-off, whether there was some feeling that maybe setting of this guy's had two in however many years. Let's not do it again. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I genuinely wonder with Border whether it's just like people watch the screeners and they're like, fucking hell. That, that that's is some... makeup. Therefore, it should get a nomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I, I worked on Mary Queen of Scots and I kind of predicted it would get that nomination because they ugly up Margot Robbie and they love nothing more than uglying up pretty I didn't know people. I you worked on that. Yeah, I did a few weeks on it at the end, in post-production at the end of August. Oh, beginning shit, of August. Fair oh, fair play. Um, uh, I, I don't talk about it on Twitter much for obvious reasons. Okay. Because I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, all right, fine. Okay, um, fine. I fine, find it fine. hard enough to get work as it is. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine, 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 fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's makeup, I guess. I mean, Vice is winning that one, right? Advice is winning that. Yeah, advice is winning that. Yeah. Um, I think it's... Okay, should we talk about... Should we talk about Green Book? Um, just in so much that... I'm the it, only person that's seen it, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just in so much that it feels like it's a film that there is a concerted Twitter campaign to try and bring it down which doesn't really seem to be working and good I, yeah i mean that that's like that's the thing it kind of seems like i think people are voting for it because of the twitter campaign i think people mm. are getting tired of it like you that, as the bohemian rhapsody thing as well for better or worse people are saying you can't tell us not to like what we like that that yeah i mean that's it and i just like Mahershala Ali has got to be so confused by uh, just because everybody loves him and he's in this film that everyone, well, like, like film Twitter seems to despise. I bet half of film Twitter haven't even actually seen it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that is, that, that's the that, point. A lot of that's, that. that's exactly it. I mean, it's out next week and I'm fully expecting to have a good, engaging. Hollywood cinema time with it, quite frankly. Um, I s- yeah. mm, sorry, go on, bro. No, 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 no. I, you carry on. I don't want to interrupt. No, no, no. I mean, it just in in so much as it feels like yes, okay, it's traditional, and yes, okay, it, I don't know. It's it's a white. Person's... It's not a white savior movie. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a white per- it, like they're saying it's a white person's view of racism in, with the screenplay, and but then again, I mean, like the whole kind of like it's like the twenty tens driving Miss Daisy. It does. Is that is that simplistic? That is too simplistic. I well, take it. Yes. Saying the driving Miss Daisy is funny because if it does win Best Picture, it'll be one of three films to win Best Picture without Best Director. One of the other two, obviously, being Driving Miss Daisy, mm. um, and of course that also beat do the right thing so the whole thing is fucking hilarious um oh god yeah okay green book like we saw i saw it at london film festival it was a surprise film genuinely didn't know what it was going to be uh we saw it on the fucking imax screen because that's where they put the surprise film this year okay and so there's like a thousand people in that audience and i've no i only saw one walkout which is the lowest i've ever seen a surprise film Mm. uh Sadly, the second lowest walkout rate was Sully, which I'll never understand. But, um, 
Sully. The uh, yeah. Um, the all fa- every, everyone was on their feet giving that a standing ovation for about ten minutes after it ended. Green Book, like everyone loved it. We loved it. It's brilliant. I mean, and I just think there are arguments you could levy against it. Yes, it's very you know, uh, it's a it's a, it's a white person story. Well, it is. It's written by the son of the white guy in it, who's writing a story about his father, in which Don Shirley was a significant character. But it's not a film about Don Shirley in which Tony Litt was a significant character. So you can have issues with the fact that that's not the film you would like to see. But you can't question, you can't say the film is is selling out this character when it's not actually his story. And also, then you take into that he's in supporting actor. I mean, they are both leads in it, but still, you, you get past that hurdle. And then you have the whole thing about Don Shirley's family coming out. I mean, put it this way. I'm at the point where I don't even want to defend the film on Twitter because I don't want to get shouted at. <laughs> like it's not that bad but yeah. Don Shirley's family are complaining and it's like I've been, I've worked on a number of films about real people these people come out of the woodwork they didn't come out of the woodwork before the film started winning awards they come out to tell their stories because they are estranged they probably didn't even know the guy that much you know and they want money if these guys have been paid like we preemptively have done it on films we have sought out distant family members because we know at some point they will come out if we don't pay them that's and yes, fascinating yeah. and they probably should have done that and we contact these people and they're like oh we didn't even really know her but we'll take the money and then they sign a piece of paper and they, they're good you don't have to do it legally you do not have to get the permission of family members because if he if, if nick valonga has written permission from him as he says he does that's enough he has it from the man himself you only have to get it from the family if the person is deceased if the family aren't featured in it, which they're not, and they're not mentioned by name, then you don't have to get permission. So, yes, they probably should have gone and paid them. But, you know, they haven't done something dirty. And, a good, you know, Nick Valonga could say, I told, I'm telling my dad's story and my dad tells stories this way and maybe things are elaborated. But, you know, it's not like he's actively gone out of his way to lie. And also, Don Shirley isn't negatively portrayed. You could have issue with some of the things that happened or the way they happened but it's not like he's negatively portrayed he's a great man you come out of that film having a significant amount of respect for don shirley it's really weird and yes okay i'm saying this as a white man you know so who knows how i'd feel if i saw it as a black man but my feeling is i'd probably still enjoy it it's a good film well there we go um, we got the next set no wednesday comes out wednesday it's out wednesday all right cool and it's like I, I, what, what annoys me is seeing people who I normally respect bending over themselves to slam it. Like Chris Tapley, who I really respect as a as a as a journalist and Oscar pundit. I was listening to his. Did anyone listen to his podcast today? Yeah. Oh, not he, not today. I haven't listened to it yet. No. Oh. Today's one's about the Oscar nominations. And yes. He goes out and says, "I mean, Green Book for best editing. I mean, I didn't even notice the editing in that. So who knows what that's about?" And I'm like, "Exactly. You didn't <laughs> notice the editing." That's good fucking editing. If you watch a film like that and it moves and it makes you feel good, that is good fucking editing. Do you know how hard it is to make a film move, especially when it's two hours and ten minutes and feels an hour and a half long? Like it's great editing. The editors know what they're fucking voting for. I'm baffled that they voted for Bohemian Rhapsody in editing. I really like Chris Tapley. Has he had anyone from Green Book on his podcast? No, because he's been quite he's had... how he doesn't like that or the favourite, and he hasn't had people from the favourite. Yeah, I think he might have had Yorgos actually. I was just going to say, like, because like he's had fucking everybody else on. Yeah, yeah. All right, fine. 
And also, bear in mind, he is so team First Man, which is also a Universal film. And a lot of people who like First Man don't like Green Book because they saw First Man get thrown under Universal's bus mm. when Green Book started doing so well. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I think... But that annoyed me, and I've seen this a lot, and I'm like, that is great editing. This is why the industry are allowed to vote on the Oscars and not critics. And yes, the industry do make some baffling choices along the way, but they're paying a fucking attention as evidenced by Black Panther's no visual effects nomination. That, yeah, that was, that was interesting. I, I, with Black Panther, I, you know, it was, it was going to get a Best Picture nomination. It was going to. I think it's below the line stuff is all pretty spot on. Yeah, I mean, quickly before we get to that, I'll finish up on Green Book. I'm at sure. the point where I want Green Book to win because I want everyone to have a fucking meltdown. <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite like my parents went to see Green Book knowing nothing about it and they still think it's the best film they saw last year and you could say it's an old person's film but they have great tastes no, you know, yeah, your, your, yeah your parents yeah that that's yeah you know their second favorite film of the year is probably the favorite you know and then 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 after that they love Cold War and I sit there and think Green Book just plays and I do think you're going to get I think it's a bit like Crash people are going to vote for the film that they're told it's much better than Crash. Don't get me wrong, but they're going to be voting for the film they're told they should like. They should. They shouldn't like because of the woke, as, as Sasha Stone calls them, the woke topians, white Twitter who haven't seen the film, who suddenly can spout quote James Baldwin on a dime when they couldn't a year ago. Indeed, uh, um, we'll, we'll review Green Book in a couple of weeks. Um, so yes, uh, Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther. I. Costume design seems pretty nailed on. Yeah, yeah. Production design. Production great. design, yeah. Sound nominations, uh, great. I... Uh, um... I'd... Oh, if Shallow wasn't about, I'd give it best song. No, if Shallow wasn't about... Actually, even with Shallow there, I'd give best song to when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings, but... yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm picking it, right? Yeah, definitely. But uh, and then shallow because they are. I, I think the Oscars all the stars is a banger. Sorry, that's all. I yeah, but it's all. I have that. a. Re, yeah, but it's an end credit song. So yes, it is. It is. Which is it. like, but yes, fuck fair it enough. in the ass. The fil- you're supposed to judge the films in the context of how they're used in the film to tell the story. End credit songs should be banned from this category. Yeah, I agree with that. And then maybe you get some good songs in there. It's euphoric and it's got a really nice. No, it's a good it's song. Got really nice visuals that it goes. But it shouldn't with. win an Oscar for playing over some credits. All right, I tell you what. Give the Oscar to Kendrick Lamar's DNA as used in the trailer for Creed Two. There we go. The uh, yeah. But no, if you look at best song this year again, I mean, I don't really want to get into why Mary Poppins is one of the worst films Disney have ever made. But <laughs> sorry. If you're going to I love it when you drop grenades like that, Brad. I fucking love it. Sorry. If you're go going on. to nominate a song, I mean, Rob Marshall is cancer to musicals. I don't know why they keep letting him make them. Um, he shoots them like theatre. You know that, that 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 number, the awful titled one. What's it called? Tripper, Tripper, Little Light, Fantastic. Tripper, Little Light, Fantastic. Yeah. You know, you've got this wonderful, well, not wonderful, but this kinetic dance sequence, and he films it straight on, slightly from the left and slightly from the right. He does not cross that line and go into the dancers at all, and it just feels like you're watching theatre. I might as well be watching a stage. That's anyway, yeah, if you're it, going to nominate a song for Mary Poppins Returns, at least nominate that one, which will have a good dance number, or nominate the only good song from the film, which is that one about the book and the cover when they're in the animated world. The cover is not a book. Yeah, and Lin-Manuel Miranda actually gets to be Lin-Manuel Miranda, 
and Emily Blunt actually gets to do something other than playing Posh Nanny. And oh, it's catchy. Her putting a Cockney accent on that. I know, but the song is catchy. It's I, I, slightly I, I, more forward thinking. And if you it actually, like, well someone was tweeting the other yeah, but someone was tweeting the other day, like, a whole thing about how that, if you actually look at the stats, that is the most downloaded song from that album. It is the most popular one from that soundtrack. Fucking place where lost things go. I don't even remember. I think I was asleep at that point. At least that I, I, awful I actually, yeah, I, I, cancer I, 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 fever I dream of Meryl so. Streep didn't get nominated. Which one Which one was that? What? Which one even was that, the place where lost things go? I don't know. I think I was genuinely asleep. It, it, the one where dream. Emily Blunt singing to the kids about their dead mum. Is it when they're going to sleep? I was yeah. asleep. I was asleep in that bit. But I the, genuinely can't even remember that bit. But like, God, did that Meryl Streep scene actually happen, or did I imagine it? <laughs> I mean, my girlfriend said afterwards that uh, I didn't realize I was doing. It. She said she turned to look at me during that sequence, and I was just sat there, sh- slowly shaking my head <laughs> as it was on. <sighs> anyway, yes, when a cowboy trades spurs for wings is amazing. And the Black Panther song is great. And if they're not going to outlaw those songs, and its nomination is deserved, but I don't think it should win. Oh, oh Lord, no! I mean, like, it, and it's "Shallow" just... works brilliantly in context. I just wish that they could make some more words for it, so it's not just "sha la 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 lo." Yeah, not a lot of wailing. If this feels really lazy, it's like you've done these wonderful lyrics, and then you just go "la la 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 la." There's so many better songs in the film as well. But well, yes, the context of how it works. Yeah, is but they yes, in context, well, yeah, it's the best song. Them. In context, it's the best song by far. Like, all right, so we're all agreed all the stars will win. Yeah, that, that and foreign language film are the only easy ones to call, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then, so Black Panther, yeah. So it missed visual effects, which is great. It means that people are actually paying attention in that um, If Ready category. Player One wins best visual effects, I might actually throw up. I will oh, say What that. was wrong with the visual effects in Ready Player One? Oh, it just it. Okay, great. You got everybody looking like a fucking computer game. Congrats. Like it, it just. I, I mean, like yes, there's a lot of CG. I mean, really, I the, the prop. I, I actually like the look of Ready Player One, but the problem mm-hmm. I have with it's the same problem I had with the Jungle Book winning visual effects a couple of years ago. It's fucking animated. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It is. It's an. It's. A, I mean, Jesus Christ. What percentage of that is actually live action? Put it this way: the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies and Looney Tunes back in action were eligible and campaigned for animated film, right? Because mm. over sixty percent of their film was animated. So yeah, you know. So Jungle Book should have been an animated film, but they didn't want. They wanted two Oscars. They didn't want to not. I mean, they wanted to win for whatever other film they won for. It wasn't Moana, was it? It was that other one. Um, um, that year. But uh, uh, but but they had they had two oh Zootopia Zootropolis uh, yeah okay yeah, and yeah. then um, and then you ask ask any parent which film their kids watch more does your kid watch Moana more or Zootropolis Moana you know, exactly yeah. um, but visual effects is like so yes so for Ready Player One shouldn't be there for that reason I mean First Man will win that because people will look at it and go oh this is the most respectable film on this list yeah. And people really love the people that love First Man are going to probably vote for it wherever they can. I think it's winning both sound categories as well. Mm, I, I'll be honest. I, I would give it Roma for the sound mixing. Sorry. Yeah, but fuck them. Okay. I'm, I'm so snobbish about all of that at the moment. I'm snobbish about how snobbish they are. But no, I genuinely think that a lot of people. Bear in mind, if it was just the sound branch voting, yes, Roma would probably win. But the whole academy at large don't understand what sound editing and sound mixing are. Mm. 
and they tend to vote for the same winner in both categories more often than not. And I do think people that love um, uh, First Man will vote for it there. And also yeah. the sound design, that film, everyone remembers, oh my God, it was awful. Like you felt like you were in that, that bit where it's spinning. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. That film has grown on me so much. I was really kind of bored when I watched it, but I keep thinking about it. That, How did that score not get nominated? No, that's fucked. Yeah, the, like straight up, that is fucked. I know a lot of people have been talking about snubs and whatnot, and some people have brought that up, but that is the biggest snub. Like, just yeah. in her wits, like the fact he didn't get nominated for that. For the is Mary a Poppins joke. return score. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's yeah. the only one that, doesn't, that feels out of place. But anyway, uh, I think First Man's winning visual effects, but I'm so glad Black Panther isn't there because. When you look at Black Panther, I can't believe, we've never spoken about Black Panther on this podcast, me and you, I don't think, mm. that when they were making that in Avengers Infinity War, pretty much in tandem, because they came out two months apart, at no point in the development process did the Russos and Ryan Coogler talk, and Ryan Coogler was like, hey guys, guess what, my film ends in a giant battle in a field in Wakanda, and they were like, oh shit, so does ours. How did that not happen? But when- it does seem a little bit, yeah. But the fact that that happened that way actually shows up how bad Black Panther's visual effects are when Black Panther looks like it was shot on the lot in a green little green bit of park they found at the recreation ground. And then you look at Avengers Infinity Wars battle, which looks fucking like Wakanda. Yeah. Like good point. the colors, the rich, the texture. Um, it shows up to me. I mean, I have so many. I'm sure you guys followed that conversation. I would know all about the plot of Black Panther the other week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how many issues there are with that plot on just on a basic character level. But I can't fault that film. I think it's a better female empowerment film than Wonder Woman was. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's got some electrifying moments in it. And I can't begrudge it getting a Best Picture nomination just for significance. It doesn't deserve to win, but it won't. So that's fine. No one's talking about it, though. So, yeah, fine. Um, you know, but visual effects, I'm just so glad it missed there. Because it means that someone was paying attention. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just talking about animated film as well. Earlier on, we'll just get it out of the way. Spider-Man into the, into the Spider-Verse is winning, yes? No, it ain't. It ain't. It should, but it won't. Oh, don't tell me Incredible, uh, Incredibles 2 over. It will in- be It will be Incredibles 2. There are too many Disney Pixar loyalists in that academy. And two two other reasons on top of that. Uh, but, so there's that reason, which is obviously how Big Hero 6 beat How to Train Your Dragon 2 out of fucking nowhere. Um, oh, God, shit. Yeah, all right. Good point. Uh, and and uh, how... And you also said so they love Brad Bird as well, who was a titan of animation. Mm. Um, but it's also the fact that that film has been played on screeners and cinemas since June. So the, the rule of thumb tends to be with animated film, which film have parents had to be subjected to the most by their kids? over the last 12 months tends to win and you know and that's probably how big hero 6 played even though it came out after house training dragon 2 you know that kids were going to watch that more and the problem is a lot of kids probably haven't got access to spider-man yet outside of those screeners even then they haven't they only had a few weeks they've been watching incredibles for six months and a lot of kids can't read subtitles so our dogs is fucked yeah our dogs is fucked wes anderson is now on seven nominations and had still no wins but one one year and it wasn't his best film. It wasn't as good as Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, no, I mean, it wasn't his best film. And to be fair, that score nomination was pretty good. Look, I would love... Yeah, score's great. I would love Spider-Man to win. It's great. I'd love to see Phil Lord and Chris Miller with an Oscar as a giant fuck you to Kathy Kennedy and all those other people. But 
Incredibles 2, I just I think will take it. I've been burned too many times by Disney Pixar winning for films that are good, great, even, but not as good as other nominees. I, I really, really like Incredibles 2, but it just like Into the Spider Verse is actually pushing the medium. Yeah, but bear in mind, these guys didn't even nominate the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs films or the Lego movie. You know, I think mm. that getting nomination is just sheer force of will. I don't think. I think it, it smacks of one of those things where Spider Man wins everything until the BAFTAs and the Oscars, and then you suddenly see Incredibles take them. Mm. Because I think it's a, it's a bit older, it's a bit stuffier. That's such a shame. Um, okay. Cin- uh, cinematography? Uh, well, I'll give it Cold War. Well, obviously, but Roma's going to win it. Because <sighs> Alfonso Cuarón's got such an ego, he has to credit himself as cinematographer. Hmm if Paul Thomas Anderson was like, I'm not a cinematographer, I'm not going to give myself a credit because it would be disrespectful to actual cinematographers and then deny himself a rightful nomination for Phantom Thread. Then Did he really not? Did he really yeah. not? That's that fascinating. I didn't That's know fun. that. Yeah, and I pers- and again, knowing the stories I know, that is exactly what Alfonso Cuaron should have done. Okay. It's like, you know what? It's, it's just an ego thing. Um, so, yes, it should be Cold War. I'm glad A Star Is Born got nominated because that is a gorgeous-looking film. For what it's it is. a stunning-looking movie. Liberty, Perspect- like a motherfucker. I am so glad this favourite got nominated because Robbie Ryan is one of my favourite people and a good friend, so it's always nice. To- and also one of the best-working DOPs in the industry. Mm. So it's nice to see Robbie Ryan get nominated. But Cold War's the winner there. Like, for me, it's not the actual winner, but it's the one I'd pick. Yeah, I agree. Costume design's going to go. Probably go to Merv, the favourite. Um, screenplays? Screenplays. Um, it's such a shame that Paul Schrader probably doesn't have a chance. Did you see his quote though? Yeah, when he got nominated. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. I've never respected the, academy, the academy, but it's nice that I got this. Yeah, he, he, Fuck said, it. he said this, this, is, this is quite hard, difficult for me, it's because I've never really respected the academy's choices. But at the same time, it's nice to be honoured. <laughs> That's such a Schrader thing to do, though, isn't it? Um, yeah, so original screenplay, I'm pretty certain it's going to be a toss-up between Green Book and The Favourite, as it has been all season. Yeah. I think if Green Book wins, you could probably maybe see it make a good push for Best Picture. If The Favourite wins, I think you'd probably see a good push for Roma winning Best Picture. Because um, I don't think The Favourite's winning Best Picture. I think on that pre- stupid preferential ballot, they need to get rid of and just go back to five or ten nominees, preferably five. Mm. Um, and then watch The Bloodbath when The Black Panther doesn't get nominated. But... Um, the preferential ballot is so stupid because they only list five films, which means they're not listing up to ten, which means you just get five mediocre crowd pleasers the majority of the time be, you know, spread out. Whereas when they had those two years, they had to actually do ten nominees. You've got nominees like District 9 and Winter's Bone and animated films like Up and Toy Story 3, things that are never going to happen when people only have to put five films down on their ballot. Yeah. Um, anyway... Green Book. I just, I don't, I really don't think Green Book's going to be hurt by that tweet Nick Malalonga did. I think people are voting for it. It, it, it was it, like the 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 blowback on that was too like it already kind of seems like it's forgotten about because he deleted his Twitter and it, it just the news cycles moved on. Again, it was also that one of the first people to tweet it out was the guy Josh Horowitz. I think his name is the guy oh, that won, yeah. uh, the produced La La Land, who's Chazelle's boy. It's almost like he was doing it. To, yeah, it's a whole inside baseball thing. Mm. Um, but I think Green Book could win it. I think the favorite, the favorite was the best script I've ever read when it like three, four years ago. And I stand by it, so I'd love to see it win. Um, uh, but we'll 
We will see. Vice is just happy to be there. So it's first performed. Adapted screenplay. I mean, this is one of three chances to give Spike Lee an Oscar. Oh, please give it to him for director, please. I personally think that adapted screenplay is going to Beale Street. Because, A, it's won that quite a lot. I mean, Spike Lee has actually won anything. from Black Panther is the only film to hit every precursor, to hit everything it needs to win Best Picture. Directing, editing nominations, SAG, PGA, BAFTA, all these things. But it hasn't won anything. Yeah. Significant. Yeah. Whereas people, again, Barry Jenkins has a cult. That's what they are. It's a cult of people. I haven't seen the film. I've seen it on Monday, obviously, but... Yeah. Um... I, I thought Moonlight was fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that was my opinion. Of it, like, it's, it's, it's a good film. It's, it's a really good film, but it's not a great film. But he has a but devoted cult, and he is also, by all reports, one of the loveliest men in the world. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that which is huge. I'm really, looking, I'm really looking forward to it. Being me too, but I I'm just think it Monday that, too, and I'm excited. I think that people are going to want to put that vote somewhere, and they're probably going to put it in supporting actress as well. But they're def- I just think they're going to put it in screenplay to reward him. Because a lot of people that think that film should have been nominated for Best Picture, yeah. and it wasn't. Um, so, who knows? But again, it could be Spike Lee, but I really think you could end up with a Kevin Klein and Fish Called Wonder Year, where Kevin Klein didn't win anything, but then won the Oscar for Supporting Actor for A Fish Called Wonder. Yeah. And I think you could end up with that with Spike Lee. Yeah, it's been Alfonso Cuaron everywhere. But I think now he's been nominated, all you can see anyone talking about is, holy shit, Spike Lee's finally been nominated. And I can so see that becoming such a strong narrative that Spike Lee takes the director at the end of the day. That, that, that's the thing. It's like, if he wins Best Director, I kind of don't give a fuck about the rest of it because no, I'd just I be so happy that he wins. I wouldn't even give a... At this point, this sounds really awful. It sounds really awful. You're going to judge me for this forever. At this point, I would prefer Bohemian Rhapsody to win Best Picture to Roma. I can see your logic behind that. because I'd like the fireworks. It would give credence to the... Roma winning it would give credence to the film. So, yeah. There's yeah. three three things about it. One, I think if Roma wins, it lets all the snooty critics pat themselves on the back and think they've won. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'd prefer Green Book to win to both of them out of that, if for that discussion. Second, yes, the fireworks would be fascinating and the Oscars can burn in hell anyway. Um, but also, I just think Roma will make the Oscars even less relevant than they already are. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I agree with um, that. And I just, I, but more, mostly it's about the snobby critics having a loss. I can't, I can't stand the David Ehrlichs of the world being so smug. Actually, he didn't like it that much, but, you know, the Eric Cones of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, um, the Little White Lies of the world. Let's talk to everyone at Little White Lies. Who? Bear in mind, of course, Little White Lies are standing up for the fucking Jamie Bolger short film. Of course they are. Really? Uh, yeah, they're the ones who are saying, oh, you know... Uh, this is a story that should be told and we shouldn't judge it because of this and we shouldn't have fuck off Little White Lies. No one should make yeah. that film. The guys are fucking... Have you watched or listened to any interviews with that director? Uh, I, know. Uh, I, 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 I Yeah, I have. Yeah. The fact that he admits if he talked to them, the film wouldn't have got made just says to me that he's a fucking coward who's wow. interested in you know, his, his own career and the exploitation of it. Oh, I was 12 when it happened and I feel I've always had a burning desire to tell this story. Fuck off. Like... The only people who, as far as I can have any right to make any kind of entertainment, horrible word to use, relating to the Jamie Bolger case, 
are people with a relation to the Jamie Bolger or the or the or any of the families, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. like like they're Nick Vallelonga. Do you know what I mean? Like someone related to them. Who's like, I think I can tell this story. But but yes, you as we said with Green Book, you don't have to get the permission of the Bolger family. But in this case, you really fucking should at least discuss it with them. Even if they say no, you can still make it knowing you've had the moral high ground of t- consulting them That's and it. asking them. But at least at least at least saying that this is what I'm intending to do, not hiding from it. Put it this way, if if, if we had gone and not if, if the BAFTA had gone and nominated a film that uh, gives a spotlight to the kid that shot up Parkland or Sandy Hook, America would be outraged. Yeah. So why do they get to do it? I don't know. I feel very sensitive about it. I think I was seven when Jamie Bolger was killed. So I was literally right between the ages of the killer and the killed. And I've always found it really like, oh, man. I mean, everyone, well, I, I, everyone, I, I in this, remember, everyone in this country is shaken up by it. But I remember just being that age and thinking, I don't quite know how to process this because the kids a few years older than me did it and the kids a few years younger than me were killed. Yeah, well, I, I remember um, the the funeral, Jamie Bolger's funeral was, oh, God, um, yeah. was the same day as a Liverpool match that I was actually at. And we drove by it on the way out, drove by the funeral, and there was literally... A lot of a lot of Liverpool fans went from the directly from the ground straight to the funeral, and there were yeah. thousands of people just around this, and it was it was really eerie. But it's a weird one. Like America, America does have a bigger history of sensationalising their own crimes, but there's a reason no one's made a fucking film about Dunblane. There's a reason outside of Boyer, which was actually a very clever way to tackle that story, no one's done anything about Jamie Bolger. You just don't do it. There are certain things that are just a little bit. That are um, and I just think I think when I saw the nominees, more so than Ethan Hawke, that was the thing that made me the angriest that that film was nominated. Yeah. Mainly yeah. again. I know so many fucking short filmmakers like that. Do you know what I mean? They are not interested in telling a good story. They're interested in getting famous. That's it. It's, it's the notoriety aspect of this. Um, so, it's all right, though. Giving any money that he makes from screenings to the Jamie Baldwin Foundation. He wasn't going to do right. that, though. Yeah, no, he, he wasn't even going to do that. Uh, the animated short film. Uh, did you, you guys, have you guys seen that short film, Lost and Found? No. It's not nominated. It was doing the rounds last week. It might be the best short film I've ever seen in my life. I cried like a fucking baby. I was convinced it was going to win and it's not even nominated, so that upset me as well. So, just... I'll send it to you. You should watch it. It's amazing. It's only like seven minutes. Okay. Um, Uh, Yeah. Editing. Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a weird one. Again, in theory... So, this is... We should... Uh, we need to do supporting actors, don't we? And then and supporting actors and documentary, and then we can move into directing a picture, and then we're done, right? Oh, score. I mean, we're guessing. What do you think is going to win score? Uh, so we got other dogs. We got Black Panther. What else have we got? Black Klansman, Beale Street, and Isle of Dogs. Now, we haven't seen Beale Street, but everyone says the score is B- People are loving the old Beale Street, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Again, I mean, I could totally see Beale Street winning all three things it's nominated for. Mm. Um, we, I mean, again, First Man isn't there, which makes it really difficult. Part of me wonders, actually, whether Isle of Dogs wins it, just for the Alexander Desplat factor of it, and it's unique, and there's no clear front runner. No, I mean, like, the Black Klansman... 
Like, well, that's the best. That's what I would. I give it to that or Black Panther. The Black Panther score is phenomenal. Yeah, and the, it is. And Black Klansman is again. It's Terence Blanchard's first nomination in thirty years. That, yeah, I mean that. That's the thing. It's just like you say, the display factor could just like be. I recognise that name. I'm, I'm gonna tick that box. I mean, he's going to be their next John Williams. He's just going to keep winning score Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah. I mean, who do you think? I mean, my money's on. Uh, I think I might put my. I think my money's probably on Beale Street, but it could go anyway. That category. I'd like to ask Black Landsman. Yeah. I'd like to hear Beale Street, and I think um, Ludwig Goodronson. Goranson, isn't it? I think he's going to have more chances. He kind of he he feels like a bit of an up and comer. Yeah, he's a name I haven't heard of before that did an amazing score. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So now in like two, three years' time and you see him again, maybe you'll consider that for a film that's got more heat around it generally, maybe. Have um, you have you guys seen any of the documentary features? No, I haven't. Oh, uh, I don't think so at this time. No. Free, free solo? No, I, which I, everybody's fucking raving about. Uh, Hale County this morning, this evening. Uh, no, because it was on Movie Go this week, but it's not playing in Wales. No, I didn't get to it either. I was going to go to the ICA, but I also couldn't be asked. Mm. Um, Minding the Gap. Uh, does that even come out of here? Uh, no, but it's Hulu, so it's easily da- it's easily findable. Uh, uh, yeah, my wife doesn't let me do that. Well, I mean, I had to. I, I said, like, it's a Hulu thing. They had no distribution yet over here. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's stunning. Oh, like, okay. That one graced my top 10 almost. It was like number 11. It, it has no distribution over here, so if... I, I don't think it does. Okay, so there wouldn't be any potential strikes. No. Copyright no. strikes, is that what we're saying? No, no and then you could, always, you could always then, when it gets a um, release, buy yourself a ticket for it somewhere. Yeah, there you go. All right, then, that's interesting. I mean, I think, I think if it's coming out in three weeks, then you wait. But if it hasn't got a release date yet, just maybe make a mental check to buy a ticket when it comes out. If it's not got distribution in the UK, yeah, maybe there's an argument that it's kind of fair game. And I actually feel it's probably going to end up going straight to a streamer or even just a Channel 4 or something in the end over here. Yes, okay. All right, interesting. Because a lot um, of people are... Because it's not even a cinema that. film in America, you know? Yeah, yeah. RBG got nominated as well, didn't it? Yeah, Won't We Be My Neighbour didn't, which made me happy because I thought it was really fucking boring. And I get if you're American, you have sentimental attachment to the subject, but the film was not good. That's one of those examples about it being a worldwide... Like a documentary being quite an eclectic worldwide branch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. haven't... I've, I've seen three. I've seen Free Solo, which I really, really liked, but I don't think it was like a fascinating piece of cinema. I, I mind the gap is, is, is incredible. And you, the less you know about it, the better. And it does things that no other documentary or filmmaker could do with that subject. Okay. Like it's a truly unique film. Uh, I'd love to see that win. And it's been winning a lot. I do think if people actually, again, if this was just the documentary branch voting, I think it would win. But the fact that it's everyone makes me think it's RBG or free solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've done that one. We'll get to editing and directing with Best Picture. So, Best Supporting Actress. We touched on it with Maria whatever, Del Del Tavira. It'll be old uh, Regina Hall, won't it? Regina King. Regina Hall was supporting girls. Racist. That's... Thanks. (laughs) Oh, Mark Monaco of Sactieri Henri. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Right, anyway, yeah. Um... 
Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be Regina King. It could also be Amy Adams. Again, if the people want to reward Vice and they decide they want to give a sentimental vote to Bradley Cooper, and Amy Adams has been nominated six times now and never won. Yeah, I, I, I still it's think... It's nowhere near her best performance. No, of course it's not, but Al Pacino's got one Oscar for Scent of a Woman. Yeah, that's a very good point. I still think it's for Regina King, though. Paul Newman's got one win for The Colour of Money, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's not always about the best performance. I think he's very good in the colour of money. Yeah. I think it's one of those things. Someone put a good argument for today that Marina de Tavira could end up winning by the sheer virtue that Amy Adams and Regina King will probably split. Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz will probably split votes, and then she might just come through, like <laughs> Marsha Gay Harden did for Pollock out of nowhere. Oh god, yeah. Because um, I actually think at BAFTA, because Regina King's not nominated the BAFTA uh, at BAFTA. And I don't think Amy Adams kind of has the pull over here that she does in America. I actually think you're going to see Best Actress in Supporting Role go to Rachel Weisz at BAFTA. Yeah. Which is such a BAFTA pick. I think they're going to go in so hard for the favourite. I think it's going to sweep pretty much most of its categories. Um, mm. So I don't think BAFTA's really going to help us. And that, you know, and so I don't know. I think it could... I genuinely think if anyone... Any of those five, except maybe Emma Stone, because she only won two years ago, could, could I could conceivably believe them holding that Oscar. Yeah. Um, but that's just my guess. What do you guys think? I do think it's going to end up being Regina King. I, I, I just think she's the... I think having Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz in there kind of... It's it'll, it'll split a little bit, having yeah. two people from, from one film there. Um, I don't think... Didn't that. stop Octavia Spencer winning for the help, though. No, it didn't, but I, I just think with this, I, I, I don't think people are going to know which one to pick. Uh, and I think... Um, Amy, I agree. I think no people, one can decide who the lead of that film is. So Exactly, yeah. I think um, Amy Adams will end up winning uh, Best Actress at some point, not so far. Eh? So I just think it's going to end up going to Regina King, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Um, supporting actor? By process of elimination. Oh, Ian, Ian, who do you think is winning? Uh, it sounds like Regina to me, uh, just because it's hard like, it's, we haven't seen the film. So yeah, I mean, it, but like you were saying earlier on about the uh, like it looking like it was going to win all all three uh, that it's been um, that it's been nominated for. It just it it does kind of seem like that she's she's got heat and there's not enough collective heat behind any of the others to really propel them. So Part of uh, me also wonders, though, whether I think partly why it annoys me sight unseen is it reminds me a bit of the uh, Alfonso Cuaron Roma thing, that before anyone even seen a frame of Beale Street, people were saying she was going to win. Mm. And that kind of stuff always kind of annoys me. Um, but we'll see. I haven't seen it. You're right. She probably will. And she didn't get BAFTA in SAG, so that is a thing. Um, supporting actor, Ian? It's interesting how you're leading this, and I love it. Well, you know, you invite me on to talk about the Oscars, so no, it's, been, it's, it's, it's been like a super relaxed show for me. It's been I brilliant. I have very little. Also, I've got the nominee list in front of me. It's very easy, and I have very little to say about Glass. So no, fair enough. I mean, to be fair, the way things are going, I'm not entirely sure if we're even going to talk about fucking well, Glass. Um, we could put it on a timer, a minute each. <laughs> um. I mean, it kind of does seem like it, it's going to be Mahershala Ali. I mean, like, it, it, it's weird because you'd think Sam Elliott would be... I, I mean, I, like, I, 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 think, I, I think it's between Elliott and Rich D. Graham. I don't get the Sam Elliott thing. I mean, he's great in it, and I know there's the body of work argument. 
But he's barely the, in it. He has one great the body moment of when work. he reverses a car. Yes, it's the body of work, and it's him reversing the car, though, Brad. But I'll, like, I'll, the I'll look on his... Right, Brad, I'm putting my microphone up real close here, and my waveform's probably going to go mental. Reversing the car. Yeah, but also, he didn't get a Globe nomination, didn't get a BAFTA nomination. I know he's an American treasure, and he's a wonderful actor, and he should have been nominated for that one scene he had in Grandma three years ago. But... I mean, I just... I, Glenn Close for Best Actress for Body of Work, then... Yeah, but she's also the, giving a great performance. But Sam Elliott is I've, I've, too, I've, damn it. I've a great seen, lead... But, I mean, Mahershala Ali... He's seen in that film, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The arguments for Mahershala Ali, like, if you see it, he's great in it. It's a lead, which always helps in supporting, because it's fucked. And people just like him. And also Black, which is big right now for... You know, they've got to give a Black actor an Oscar every year now, I think. It's horrible to say, but you know that will go through their minds. Um, I don't. I think, know. I, 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 to be fair, yeah, I think that does go through minds, and I mean, like whether that's right, whether that's wrong, it, it's the, it's, the fu- it, it's fucked that we're in a position where that has to be a consideration anyway. Yeah, I mean, and then you've got adam driver is happy to have his first of what's going to be many many nominations mm. in his career and sam rockwell's there for the most baffling acting nomination of the lot i mean i liked it, it was that that was a great impersonation if you want to talk about imitations but it wasn't yeah. a performance he had Rock, nothing rockwell to dig into is, is having a lot of fun but even <laughs> even he will have on that nomination will have gone really dude he got nominated for the bafta he got nominated for the globe he's been nominated everywhere it's baffling yeah. The, thing, the, the thing is, after his win last year, you know he knows I'm not going to win this. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just going to have the most fun. I mean, I'm yeah. biased for two reasons. In the A, can you forgive me, has, in, the, in, in the last week has gone from my 24th favourite film of the year to probably my eighth, the more I've watched it. And with Mill and I is one of the, arguably one of, if not the best British film of all time. That mm. I really want Richard E. Grant to win. Um, and obviously, he has the most critics awards, which does help to an extent. It'll probably be Mahershala, but Richard E. Grant is the other one who could win at the BAFTA. Not like I don't think he's guaranteed, like Olivia Colman is, but he could. It, it's the fact that America doesn't really know who he is. I know, but he could. But they didn't really know who Mark Rylance was either. No. I, I, I have a feeling that Richard E. Grant's going to take that. I, I mean, I think he's a close second, and I think if he gives a kill, if he if he wins BAFTA, now the reason I'm not saying he will win BAFTA, if Mahershala Ali had won for Moonlight two years ago, I would say that Richard E. Grant was winning, but Mahershala Ali didn't win for Moonlight. Aaron Taylor Johnson did. What, for, for Nocturnal Moonlight? Animal, no, for Nocturnal <laughs> Animals. <laughs> that would have been a turn up for the books. Yeah, uh, he played the third um, Chiron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson is Travante Rhodes. Yeah, is Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. The, um, well, imagine they remade Moonlight as a spoof with Robert Downey Jr. playing all the characters. Oh, don't. The, uh, could you imagine if Tropic Thunder even came out now in today's climate? <laughs> could <laughs> could you, you imagine oh. But the, uh, anyway, going back to that. So, I mean, so I don't think it's a guarantee he'll win BAFTA, but if he wins BAFTA, there's a very strong chance. And bear in mind, Richard E. Grant has been doing the most amazing Twitter game this year oh, every time yeah. he every time he gets a nomination or anything. He has been at every event, every thing. He's been charming it. Like, his Q&A on Tuesday was fantastic, and I hate Q&As. But he, it, uh, 
but he, like, that very first Q&A with Melissa McCarthy, where she was saying nice things about him and he started throwing money at her on stage. <laughs> the guy is incredible. And bear in mind, a lot of the new Young Academy voters are going to be huge Spice World fans. Well, I, the, the thing is, none of it, none of it feels cynical. It just, it just kind of feels like this is great. This is yeah. just a lot of he fun. He's happy. Yeah, as he was saying the thing, he's been doing this now for uh, as a working actor for thirty three years, and he's never had one award ever. I mean, I think that's an exaggeration, but he was saying never had one award, and now to have all of this, and this is a guy who has a hundred and sixty films in that time. He is the definition of a working actor, mm. like a hundred and sixty films in thirty year, something years. And again, I, I joke about the Spice World thing, but he says himself he got Can You Forgive Me because the casting director of Girls was told by Lena Dunham that she loved Spice World. So then she told the casting director to get Richard E. Grant. And then he met that. And then on that, he was told by someone else they might love Spice World. And the same casting director cast Can You Forgive Me. And Mario Heller was like, oh, I like Spice World. You know, that's a joke. You joke, but that's how he suddenly got in this position. Um, uh, well, quite frankly, he should have been nominated for Nutcracker in the Four Realms. But, God, you know. I watched that the other day. Oh, my God. Fuck you. That film's great. Oh, anyway. That um, film's great. But that's the thing. I think if he does win BAFTA, so again, in, in, in the UK, everyone loves him. I work with him. He lives up the road from me. I'm friends with his daughter, so I'm slightly biased. And he, we work with him on Iron Lady, but the industry love him over here. So there's a chance he could win BAFTA. And if he gives an amazing speech, which he will then you could see him win. But I think it's Herschler at the Oscars at the moment. Getting the Christoph Waltz two Oscars in, in a row kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. For lead performances. I, I, I'd love it to be Sam Elliott um, for many reasons, but I've I got a feeling that Richie Grant's going to take that. And, and who, wouldn't, who wouldn't want to see Richie Grant with an Oscar? Like, literally no one would begrudge that. No, I mean, the guy's amazing. So then if you go... To best picture, best director, and best editing. So, if you say the classic thing, of course, is like only three films of one, no, two films of one without best director. So, you would say, okay, well, that rules out A Star is Born and Green Book, right? Out of the favorites and Black Panther and all of that. And then, if you say, and uh, I think only what, only two films of one without editing as well, or is it three without an editing nomination? So, not many. Which means if you look at it, then you go and editing, okay, well, Green Book's in there, the favourite's in there, Vice is in there, but all five of them are nominated for Best Picture, but Roma isn't, and mm. he as a star is born. Mm. So Roma misses editing. Direct it, star is born, misses director and editing, which I think pretty much puts the nail in its coffin. Yeah. Black Panther is the only one to have both. Oh, no, your, your gosh, sorry, the favourite is as well, but favourite doesn't have a SAG Ensemble nation or a DGA nomination. But the only two that have them both this year are... Um, Black Klansman and the favourite. And Black Klansman is the only one to have everything. So that what I'm getting at is I have no fucking clue what's winning Best Picture. That's it. It, it, it's, it it's it's the, one of the few times in recent years where there isn't one way you're going, well, that's going to win it. On a stats perspective, Black Klansman should appear to have it, but it hasn't won anything. Yeah. Roma hasn't got editing, which didn't stop Birdman. But at the same time, I still find it hard to believe that people aren't just going to put Roma ticket off in Best Foreign Language Film. And I don't think people have actually watched it that much. I think it's easy when you're nominated, when you're actually ranking. And again, if it was a normal, straightforward vote, Roma wouldn't win because people would vote for it in foreign. They wouldn't vote for it in picture. But I still can't see a two-hour, 15-minute black-and-white Mexican film from Netflix winning Best Picture. 
I don't think they'd, they'd allow a Netflix movie to win Best Picture. Not yet, no. But it doesn't make sense. Like, there are too many people, like, a lot of producers in the Academy don't like Netflix. A lot of uh, cinematographers aren't going to like the fact that Quran. Oh, yeah, there's two. I just sit there and think, I just don't think it. A lot of actors can't even fucking read. They just have their script dictated to them. I, I will say, just as a point with that Netflix thing, I think the tide is slightly turning by the fact that Ballad of the Buster Scrolls got three nominations. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you on that. I just, I, I, I think it's going to go out of Black Clansman. Should go that would, I mean, that's my, that's what I want. Looking at those nominees, I think that's the one that I want to win. Even though I like the favourite a tiny bit more, who doesn't want to see Bohemian Spike Lee win three Oscars ideally in one year? Mm. The only three, the, the four there that I would be happy to see win Best Picture are Black Klansman, The Favourite, Green Book, and A Star Is Born. No, um, I, I, I just, I need Black Klansman to win something. And as I say, if Spike Lee gets director, huh. I'm cool with it not winning anything yeah, else. Put it this way, I, I if Green Book wins Best Picture, but Spike Lee still wins an Oscar, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't Even seen I Green Book, but that's... Even I would bad if Green Book wins without Spike Lee winning anything. And I love Green Book. I really do love it. I think it's wonderful. But I'm so glad that Pavel Pavlikovsky's in there for Cold War for Best Director. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, like that's just amazing and just what that means for him and like just what he wants to do in the future and how much easier he will probably find financing now he has that under his belt but that is is a case of BAFTA that is a case of BAFTA nominating him and then in the week last week of Oscar voting people said oh that film got best director nominated the BAFTA we better watch that film and then it translates yeah BAFTA (laughs) has that influence I mean, and, and and that's the thing, because no one was really talking about that being a Best Picture. Not, to be fair, no one was really talking about him being a Best Director nominee. It has kind a few of people come... were, but not a lot. And again, it... if there were if there were ten straight nominees, I think Cold War would have been in there. Yeah, no, I agree. If it was ten, it would have been in there. But, but I mean, I'm... I think it might have even got in there on five on a traditional ballot if people love it that much. Mm. Um, but she should have been in Best Actress as well. But then again, Tony Collette should have been there in front instead of everyone. So, well, well, I, I I agree with the former point. Not maybe not so much with the latter. Even, even though, to be fair, Tony Collette's Oscar clip being her fucking like si- like slicing her own head off at the end would have been quite something. I just just watch it. I was watching Hereditary again because I think it's a masterpiece. I know you don't like it as much, but uh, I was just watching it and thinking, how can anyone think that what Yelitsa Raparizio was doing in Roma is even a patch on what she's doing in this? Yeah, that's a point. Um, but I don't think people even watched Hereditary. I think they were too scared of it being an Oscar, like a horror film. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to see Black Klansman win. My money is probably on, sadly, on Roma or Green Book um, at the moment. But again, if Spike wins the DGA or if Black Klansman wins the SAG this weekend, then I think Black Klansman's winning. That's like that's just like that's what's happening. And again, it might happen. The SAG voting closes tonight, which is three days after the Oscar nomination comes out, when all most people seem to be talking about is Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and oh, obviously Bohemian Rhapsody okay. directed itself, because no one will even acknowledge it had a director at any point. You know, Fox are happy just to concede. You can just tell they are so happy they've managed to somehow sell this narrative that Bohemian Rhapsody didn't have a director. I Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm already hashtag Dexter Fletcher, Rocketman Oscar 2020. It's a good script, Rocketman. It's, oh, is it really? More, I can't say much more than that, but it's a, it's a good script. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I knew something big was going. Oh, oh, 
Two news yeah. reports have come out. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell tell you in a second. But before we get to that, what? if Brian Singer, that huge did you read that huge report that came out yesterday? Yes. Yeah. If that was about girls, not boys, that whole film would be stripped. He would be immediately blacklisted and people would be taking court cases against him. But I think there's still this weird thing that people don't want to talk about boys and they think it's a perversion that they just don't want to think about. Mm. And that's the problem. Bigger problem. Uh they have just announced that most of the best song nominees will not be performed on the telecast. Yeah, just uh, Kendrick Lamar and Lady Gaga are going to be performed. Yeah, they don't have a if this, they don't have a they don't have a host. Yet they're not going to do all the songs. Are we still going to get a million fucking montages? Probably. Why? Why not have them perform? It's a weird one. That one. It's... I mean, the RBG song is sung by Jennifer Hudson. Emily Blunt sings the Mary Poppins one if she wants to, and. I was the thing I was most excited for was Tim Blake Nelson strutting out in a cowboy outfit. Oh, I'd have, yeah, that'd have been amazing. Yeah, that'd have been great. Except uh, now we'll, we'll just get a lot of meaningless skits. Well, down. no, I just think we're gonna get more fucking montages. Yeah. Uh, why am I not seeing this? It's on Variety. On variety, I've just seen it now. Yeah. Okay. A source with the knowledge thinks. Of, this, of the Academy's thinking says cutting songs is less a knock on the nominees than something long discussed as part of this year's mandate to limit the show to three hours. Remember, they're already doing a lot of categories off the broadcast this year. Yeah, yeah. The Academy has hinted that several Oscars for so-called craft categories will also be presented during commercials. That's so disrespectful. Right? It is disrespectful. Both, both Black Panther and Star is Born soundtracks are on the Interscope label, and should this plan become reality, it could be perceived as favouritism towards one record company. There's that. I don't think that's more of a minor thing. Um... As I said, it's a surprising one because it's not like they're obscure songs by obscure people. That's fucking stupid. Like, just someone said it on a podcast today, just open the ceremony with all the best songs nominees being sung in a medley. Like, that's what they should do. I think this makes me angry. so sad. Because Sorry, of, yeah. you know, I love musicals so much and I love music in films, songs in films in general. The song category is always my favourite and the performances are always something I pay a lot of attention to so this always really upsets me when they do shit like this. Mm. I don't give a fuck about montages of romantic scenes in Chicago or whatever the fuck they did that one year. Or when they had Lady Gaga come out and sing Wizard of Oz songs for what seemed like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though she sang them yeah. well. Ugh. Just everything about it is so dirty. In the, in um, the, it, it makes me laugh that it's saying Oscars for Best Song are awarded not on the basis of commercial success, but rather based on their dramatic use within a cinematic context. Yeah. So because that have, Sam Smith have, song from Spectre was so fucking moving in the course yeah, of Spectre. I know. Let's have the... I mean, I'm actually not against the opening credit ones for the Bond films, because those things are works of art that partly tell the story. I mean, I still wouldn't mind if they got excluded. If it meant... If it meant cutting Bond songs, also meant getting rid of end credit songs, then I'd be happy. But tell again, me what this. Tell me what the Sam Smith co- the song was called right now. I uh, can't remember. There you go. But it's like Spectre let's fall. Let's have but let's have the song sung in the credits of Black Panther, sung on the account. Fuck, fuck it. Um, slightly, mm. slightly off topic. I meant to bring this up earlier. Uh, how did one of the ten best reviewed films of the year, uh, which we all love, I'm assuming, and has never been. In, in, in the whole series franchise nominated for one Oscar, how did Mission Impossible Fallout miss even a sound editing nomination? Yeah, that's it, fucked. It, it's baffling. It's pure snobbery. It is pure snobbery. It's baffling that it wasn't even spoken about for any awards. Really. I mean, even even the Harry Potter films got the odd production design or costume nomination over the years. I mean, that was snobbery as well, you know. But 
it's not just that Mission Impossible. It's like 97% or 95% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a masterpiece. Everyone loves it. The stunt yeah. work, the cinematography, the and the sound editing of nothing else. I'm sure Never Look Away is beautiful, but come on. It's, it, it, it's they jumped out of a fucking plane. Yeah, it's that's it. it, it it's there's there's so much done for visual effects that we don't. It's not considered for visual effects now. Is there should be an element of practical, just sheer technique. Yeah. Yeah, it should, there should be an award for that. Man yeah. broke his ankle award. Yeah. And then the other news story that's just, yeah, anyway, the Mr. Possible thing really pisses me off. And blind spotting should be there in every category as well, but fuck everyone. Um, director defends controversial film about murdered toddler, says Variety, because obviously he doesn't have a name. Won't, won't pull it from the Oscars. The director, of course he wasn't, because he wants the fame. Even though he looks like Matt Smith, but babyfied and made out of putty. The director. Yeah, the director of Oscar-nominated short entertainment about the notorious murder of a British toddler, even in the story they don't give his name, has defended the film and said he will not withdraw it from the Oscars race despite the demands of the boy's family and tens of thousands of petitioners. I think it's almost hundreds of thousands, isn't it? Instead of unalloyed elation over the recognition, Irish he's fucking Irish, not even English. Irish director Vincent Lamb has found himself at the centre of a media firestorm in the UK. The family of the murdered two-year-old James, blah, blah, blah. 130,000 people. I don't have so much sympathy. I love this. I understand the film at the moment is causing upset to the family, and that's probably the hardest thing for me to deal with now because I have so much sympathy for them. Like, I don't care. No one cares how you feel, you prick. Mm. But I think it's an important film, really. It's all testimonies. You haven't written anything. You have literally just filmed the testimonies, so just which everyone can read publicly anyway. And if we were to withdraw from the object, it would defeat the whole purpose of making the film in the first place. I do think it's an important film for people to see. It's entirely factual. It's not meant to be a piece of entertainment. Then just make a documentary if you don't want to make entertainment. Yeah, he did. It's exploitation, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah, and stuff as well, isn't there? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Apparently, it's all just the interviews in the based on the transcripts of the police interviews. There's no reenactments of that. I think there's one shot of a kid being like, uh, like uh, on a security camera of the kid being walked away, yeah. which is pretty much exactly as a security camera footage is. It's not like it's embellished anything. I think the bigger problem is that it's, it is humanizing and generating sympathy for those killers bear in mind one of them is now back in prison for kiddie porn it's not like they they've ended up being all right people for the third time as well yeah yeah oh. and he's got the most punchable face as well which doesn't help what john venable no 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 the guy no, a- who uh the guy who um you know fucking guy <laughs> number one yeah uh anyway I think that's the Oscars, isn't it? I think it is. I just found it to be the most uninspiring list of nominations, really. All the surprises, I didn't particularly find that exciting. You talked about it for nigh on two hours, but it was uninspiring. Well, it was. There's always something to talk about. But like normally when you get, <laughs> the, normally when you get the surprises, they're exciting, boy. And the surprises are the women from Roma and Never Look Away in cinematography yeah, and Ethan Hawke being surprises. left off. It's not that exciting doesn't mean it's not interesting. I, I use the wrong word. It's not exciting. No, fair enough. No, no, I'm, I'm uh, sorry, Brad. That was uh, cynical of me. It, it, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, um, I don't know. It just, it feels like there's so much up in the air, though, that on the night is going to be a bummer. It's going to be really interesting, even if the nominations themselves maybe aren't. Well, I think, I mean, 
if, if they conduct the ceremony with all the fucking flair they conducted the nominations announcement, I think we're in for a really fucking boring night. I, I, I think it should literally come from our cupboard. Oh, that was so weird. It should oh. come from a cupboard, and do you know who they should get to host it? God of the God from Philip Schofield. Oh, that And it should literally come from the broom cupboard. Uh, well, I'm going to say, if it starts at 1am and it finishes at 4am, that will be fine. Yeah, no, no but, it, yeah, but it won't. Anyway, um, mm. a few minutes on blast, just because just, just we said we would. Listen to me, Joseph. Your father is making great progress. I'm very hopeful for him. Did you know the first Superman couldn't even fly? And Metropolis is actually New York City. And what about all the coincidences in what I was reading? Comic books are an obsession. Have you ever been to a comic book convention? They sell teen TV shows there. They are selling things. Your friends and family members have lost their perspective. Your dad is trying to fight her abductor. Your son is trying to best his dad. He's the anarchist. He's the brains. He's the reluctant hero. This all sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Comic books are not valid history. I, I, I don't know. I thought the film was a mess. I didn't ask you. Um, I know, but you, you, you don't seem to want to talk about it, so I just thought I would. There's other people. Becky hasn't said anything for a solid hour and a quarter. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see the floor. I'll be quiet. My go? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, in the run-up to obviously seeing Glass, I don't think we spoke about the split last week, did we? No, we didn't. So... We watched the split, obviously, because we'd both seen Unbreakable. I'd seen Split, Mark hadn't. I fully, fully fucking expected you to absolutely despise that film. Split, and I thought it was alright. You thought it was alright. So I was, I was a bit more optimistic going into it. I had issues with it. Yeah. Well, I didn't like Split. You seem to like it more than me. I feel like, well, you know, I, 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 I still maintain that I think Emma Shyamalan is a shitty, I think he's a good story idea, man. I still think he's a shitty writer. I still think he's a shitty director. Glass, though. What it's a fuck? fucking mess. It's, it's, I have moments where it's good. can't really remember any of them right now. <laughs> but my God, does it go off a cliff at the end. It does, yeah. It, it just it, it just veered into just absolute fucking ridiculousness. Yeah. It's it's painful to watch. Like you're watching it, you're embarrassed for everyone. It is. You, you keep thinking, oh, the shittiness will end. The shittiness yeah. will end. It'll get. It'll get back it, 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 it is. It, it's. It's. It's like a snowball that is just a shitball that just keeps going down a sewage pipe, closer and closer, and then it hits the town. And I, I mean, I, I don't get it. I, mean, I know he got a lot of a lot of plaudits for his performances as Kevin Crumb in Split. And all the different personas and stuff, but too many of this. Wait, I, I don't even think it's good in Split. There's ele- some of them are. Some of them are really badly done. The kid is really badly done. Hedwig or whatever he's called, and Patricia or Pamela, because I keep getting Patricia. wrong around. That is just so bad. It is so bad. I just yeah, uh, it, it's and it's worse than this. Yeah, the the the, the chained bits in it were too 
frequent and too pronounced and too there. I think that, that would have been interesting to watch if they were all good. But the problem is... There's some, too many. Some are good and some aren't. There's too many. You couldn't keep track of them And it's not even like, like with the Patricia thing, it's not even that he's playing like a female character. Yeah. Because his portrayal of the Jade character is fine. He's just Patricia's shit. And oh, what was the other thing? Yeah, we were saying last night as well, like the Adam Taylor Joyce thing makes no sense. Yeah. Whatsoever. Because the time that she spends with him locked up, she's with, she, she's with Kevin for what? 30 seconds yeah. before he switches? And yet she's super invested in getting him back. Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't know. It just it makes no sense. It doesn't tie with the other films very well, and it doesn't tie with itself very well. Uh, it just, and you're looking at it and you're like, Jim McAvoy's a good actor. But my whole thing is the, the, the big tower thing. The McGuffin <laughs> in there. Yeah. Right. That is, oh, well, that's going to be a part of it. That's going to be the big what is it? And it's kind of like a nod and wink at it because, you know, a lot of superhero films happen at these things. But we're not going to do that. It's like, well, I, it just looked like you couldn't afford to do it. Well, I mean, to be fair, he had like a 20 million self-financed budget on this. And as soon as you see the towers, and if you know that, you know that's not happening. Isn't it a Bloomhouse film? Yeah, but he funded it himself. He also funded Split and The Visit himself. Oh, God, The Visit's awful. But, yeah, Bloomhouse produced them through their production company. Oh, I forgot how to visit. But, yeah, you, you, I, I was watching it thinking, you know, Bruce Willis, good actor. When? Boy. When was the last time he was a good actor? That is a good point. All right, he has been a good actor. I, yeah, but, I think Unbreakable. Was yeah. it too much to ask for him to show up in this one? I mean, when was the last time he actually, like, showed up? I was it Unbreakable? I think he's forgotten how to. I mean, Looper, kind of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Luke was alright. He doesn't give a shit. He just doesn't give a shit. My favourite Bruce Willis story, sorry, Becky, just slightly off topic, is they were filming Game of Thrones out in Italy, and he um, had a house just across from the lake where they were filming, and he got so pissy that he got his speedboat out and just drove it in a circle for about four hours so they couldn't get their shot until the sunset. He does look like he'd be a miserable bastard, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, like, you think to, he would know how films work, you know? Yeah. T- to be fair, he seemed like he gave more of a shit in Death Wish. I didn't see that. Like, it, no, no. I mean, seriously though, like, he actually seemed more awake. I mean, it's, it's, it's staggering. I mean, the most awake he is in this film, despite the shoving doors and fighting James McAvoy, is when he's talking to Spencer Tree Clark about Salt Bay. Yeah, that opening was the <laughs> most... I genuinely think he was actually trying. I think he's just forgotten how to underplay it. Like, it it's I, I, so I, I, weird. I'm angry that it's given more time to salt there. Yeah. Well, that, that's a thing that can just fuck right off. I don't get memes, yeah. I don't get memes. I don't get the fact that people go on about how... how I, the, the prick was a fucking date that is covered in fucking gold. And let, yeah, you, if you read any actual review of his restaurants, all of them are, it's shit. It's a clip that people like. It's, sorry, just don't be sad on that. Like, using it as like punctuation, essentially. It's like, you know, when you're being a bit flamboyant or, you know, 
What? It's, it's just a meme. What? You... I don't know why it makes you so angry. Because the money's making a living out of it, and it's irritating me. Who are you talking about? Salt Bay. Who's Salt Bay? The thing, the person that Samuel Jackson, uh, no, fucking Bruce Willis is talking about at the start of Glass. Oh, is it a restaurant? No, he's a prick who, he's a butcher who owns some restaurants. Oh, okay. Uh, There's a video of him seasoning some meat and he does it in a way and and people... Affectatious way. Oh, okay. He's just putting salt on meat tonight. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Uh, It's... I don't know. I spent more time talking about that in the film tells you how good the film is. Well, I mean, th- th- this is the thing. I mean, like, I I didn't hate the film because I very much enjoy what James McAvoy brings to the table with this stuff. Um, and I there's I I respect what Shyamalan is or Shyamalan is doing with trying to actually complete this trilogy even if it does kind of feel like split was a success and he was like shit i could actually do the thing i wanted to do here but then just the fact that it was only two years after i'm not even sure he actually wanted to do it i think he was i think he's always talked about it whenever his career was flagging and then he had a chance to actually do it because this doesn't feel like something he spent 20 years thinking about. This feels like a first draft he wrote when Split made money and went into production two months later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's exactly. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what he tweeted. It feels like that the first draft became the shooting script, and it just it's. If he's, I don't know, if he's trying to do like, well, I can do a comic book movie too, but it's going to be different. It's like, okay, well, great. You've made an under-budgeted, pretty much one location thing where fuck all happens. And yes, there's a fight. You know, if you were going to be above it all, don't even have the fight at the end. You know, but you have to have some sort of fight at the end. And then you have Bruce Willis drown in a puddle. It, I mean, just, I, I, got a, I got a little buzz from it at the beginning because I was like, oh, it's these characters again. And then you had that fight, but I didn't like Split at all, or The Visit. I mean, I think the guy has... The Village was the last thing he made that felt like a well-made, competent film. <laughs> and that was Deakins as well, so, you know. But he drowned um, in a puddle, Brad. He yeah, drowned no, in a puddle. I'm building to that because it's a whole, a whole bigger thing. But, you know, Samuel L. Jackson showed up. James McAvoy showed up. I didn't like Split, but I liked his performance. Yeah, they showed up. I got a little bit of a buzz in the first 10 minutes, but then they had that stupid, awful fight, him and James McAvoy. And I'm like, just commit to Bruce Willis actually having actual powers and not just throwing people a little bit harder than other people can throw people. It was just boring to watch. Well, I mean, that that's the problem, isn't it? Because we know, like the audience knows they they that they have these powers. We We have seen them. We know they do. Shyamalan knows we do so why is this film spending so much time trying to like with a character trying to convince us that they don't yeah, and then spend so much time with Samuel Jackson going this isn't a limited series it's an origin story like fuck off what you want about you I mean nonsense. Jesus fucking Christ the dialogue that they have about like here's the lead characters and yeah um, it, yeah, it just it, it's I don't think M. Night Shyamalan has actually ever read a comic book no, he's no. read about comic books no, you do get that sense, don't you? It, it it just it's a film which I perversely enjoyed for certain aspects, but the more I think on it, the more it's just like how did that actually get 
made and it, it does it like i we're very very respectful of the whole blumhouse thing on this podcast but it does feel like blumhouse basically loosening the quality control because they know they're gonna make money out of this no matter what um i'm fascinated by anyone who loves unbreakable actually thinking this film delivered what they wanted i guess if you saw split you should expect it because split was awful no but you know unbreakable and i don't know how you watch that film and watch this and think oh yeah this is the film i wanted he drowns in a puddle he gets pushed off his wheelchair and he gets shot by one bullet yeah I mean, the payoff ending it doesn't work now if they if they put out that video to the world yeah it would be denounced as a hoax of, yeah and also of, yeah, mm-hmm. test shots for some new movie that's yeah because yeah. He, he throws him a little bit hard against the van he yeah. it's just fucking stupid and it's just the fact that it's actually insulting to the audience that all these characters yeah he got drowned in a puddle it was always stupid that his weakness was water and then he made the alien's weakness in science water as well i just don't think m like shyman likes water it's fucking weird though it just felt insulting like you've asked us to invest in these characters for however many films whatever that you drown them in a puddle and then send Anya Taylor-Joy, Spencer Tree Clark, who's forgotten how to act, and the mother who's five years younger than Samuel L. Jackson in real life. (laughs) 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 Off to a train station to watch people. I don't think he even knows how social media works either. Them like Shyamalan. Oh, the and fact then, that they all they all start looking at it straight away as if like Twitter is just a hive mind. It's insulting. Glass is supposed to be this super intelligent person, and that's his plan. It's just, and the, oh, oh, so bad. Sarah Paulson, and then they've all got some clover tattoos, and they're part of a secret society that's suppressing people with powers. What? Well, the fuck? What, what I will say is, I, I, th- I think my ending that I came up with in my head when I when I missed saw the tattoo first was better. The one that I explained to you remember when after we'd seen it. When what I was missed, that? When I missed saw the tattoo on it, I thought for a second I thought, shit, is that the umbrella fucking thing? And then in my brain, an entire different fucking script was written where this what? was actually all the umbrella corporation. And then at that moment when he drowned and died, the Resident Evil music started. And Sarah Paulson then went to a back of a van and fucking Wexler's just sat looking like a comic well like a video game villain just in a big freaking chair in the back of a van and they go right we're gonna have to go to plan b and then it flashes to the fucking house at the start of resident evil that, that would have been the all-time greatest surprise ending in cinematic history if it turned out like, the unbreakable trilogy was the prequel to the resident evil games <laughs> yeah. it was just giving them with some kind of adapted version of the t-virus yeah that would be amazing. I can't believe that the actors thought this was a good idea. They weren't contractually obligated to do this fucking film. No, but they do like money. I can't believe they read that script. You'd have thought they'd have got like two-thirds of the way through reading it and gone. They would have got great profit points in a self-funded Blumhouse film. And and to be fair, Samuel L. Jackson is probably like, right, okay, so I've got to spend three weeks sat in a chair. For a week of those, I literally just have to make facial tics. You know that 20 million budget. Yeah, Can I keep 15, million, 15 million of that budget at least went to those three actors. Yeah. Also, I don't really remember Split that well because it was so badly made. Um, but at what point did Anya Taylor Joy fall in love with him? No, she didn't it was, in the slightest. That's what I was saying. She doesn't. It's, no. It's, it, 
It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I, I mean, she, I, I, I'm never sure whether I quite like her as an actress or not. I wonder whether she was lucky in The Witch um, to get a good part. But I do sit there with her a lot of the time and just think, even for that, I, would, I feel sorry for you because this is an awful part you've been given. No, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's this weird survivor guilt turns, like, Stop Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. Like, it, it's but bizarre. I, it is that she doesn't have enough Stockholm syndrome with Kevin because she speaks to him for maybe 30 seconds. And for, I mean, yeah. and she, she actually looks like she's ready to fuck him. Yeah, no, she totally does. It, it is really uncomfortable because you close the whole time. You do think that you do think they are going to kiss at the end as well. It's very odd. Yeah, they try and turn it into a weird Beauty and the Beast thing. I mean, I'm amazed that this, these films don't get more attacked from like how it depicts mental health. But on top of that, you're saying that his grand plan at the end is to have more serial killers like James McAvoy in the world, like the hot, and then they help him do that by spread the video. Well, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, it, it, it's almost presenting Mr. Glass as the tragic hero of the whole thing because he sacrifices himself for this grand plan. It's like, well, no, he also fucking caused an awful lot of disasters in order to try and find super people. Like, he's a bad person, but by the end, it is his legacy, which is the... Yeah. And they all team up to do it. Yeah. And that bit, I mean, that bit where Anya Taylor-Joy, the mother and... Um, and and the sun all somehow meet on the steps is fucking awful anyway. But there was a time when I used to think M Night Shyamalan was actually a good visual director in need of a better writer. But actually, after watching The Visit and Split and this, I don't even think he's a good filmmaker anymore. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've never seen the the appeal with him. Ever. Oh, I have. Six Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, and The Village are really well made films. Signs like and the really, Village not very good. I mean, Six the script Sense of the, the film Village. The, the script for the village needs needs some work, but as as a piece of filmmaking, it's tense and it's gorgeous. That's fine, but the story's crap. Yeah, I, but I'm not. I, that's I, what I'm saying. But now he but can't I, even I, make I, a good looking film. Fair, I didn't get on with Sixth Sense. I never saw the, the appeal to it. No, but you know, I sit there and think when the majority of people do, sometimes it's just me, like with Roma. But with Sixth Sense, everyone like yeah. But with with glass people in general seem to be roundly rejecting it to the more than you think they would bear in mind it's projected to make 70 million it made 45 yeah you know it's not gonna have a good legacy um but you know it's, it's just weird like he i, I just if i if i was in like shyamalan and split had come out and he had that ending was like oh there's david dunn first thing i would have done if i was Blumhouse would said right m night go make this film but let's call drew goddard and pay him whatever he wants to get paid to write this script but that, that, that takes away from Ed Shyamalan. I know, I know. But it would have well, probably I, been a good I'm film. A, because thing. I know, but it's a shame because there's not potentially an interesting film to be made about mixing those three characters together, but you need a smarter writer to do the it. Only, the only thing I'd, I'd watch now of uh, Shyamalan, if, if he did anything else, is if he did like a little anthology series where he wrote the stories and better script writers wrote the script. Yeah, but he effectively did that. Oh, with Devil. No, well, he did that with Devil as a film, but he also did Wayward Pines, which was supposed to be an anthology series, but ended up being a continuing series. It was actually quite good for the first season. But I just... It's just... Oh, it's, it's just I, I wonder, if he keeps self-funding them, obviously... If he keeps self-funding them, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But if he needs money from other people, I really hope these people turn around and say, fine, but you need someone to write that script with you. 
we'll see. Anyway, I had nothing else to say about it. It was shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree on that. It's shit. What? <laughs> you just mind it, did you hear? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a touching cloth. I was, I was shit on that. Uh, our audience thought you were. Sh- what were you, Bex? You were shit, were you? It was pretty mixed, wasn't it? I think. Our, yeah, our audience thought it was definitely not shit. Forty-five percent touching cloth. Eighteen percent. Uh, shit, thirty-six percent, and nobody went for Geostorm, which I thought people might. Yeah. It's not so bad. It's good. It's just bad. But I thought people might go for Geostorm on that one. No, we've had some weird no. films. People go for Geostorm. On. I mean, I'm still arguing with people over. I still find it hard to believe that people watch Aquaman and don't think it's great. But Glass is one of those things where it's like, no, it's just shit. <laughs> it's just shit. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll do Twitter questions. And Did Noel like it? Do you know? I have a feeling it's the kind of thing that Noel would like just to piss everyone else off. I... <laughs> <laughs> Interesting <laughs> comment coming from you there, Brad. Um, but. <laughs> No, I like or don't like this. I don't like them. I think he might like it just no, to annoy I, you. I, I, I don't think he's seen it. Okay. Um, but yeah, we will do Twitter questions and uh, eight and a half um, after we say bye the, to Brad. What, what are the Twitter questions? Ah, uh, mate, I need to go to bed. Just quit. I'm not going to answer them, I promise. Just tell me what they are. Uh, give me two seconds after five of you. I will hang up, I promise. It was, uh, what are your favourite cinema monologues? Oh, yeah, I commented, so you can use my comments as answers. Yes, well, we'll Fine. use comments on that one. Uh, what are your favourite and or least favourite twists in movies? Well, I haven't seen Serenity yet, but apparently that's got a doozy. Oh, um, really? Ooh. Yeah, what I read was, I, I've avoided everything since, is it's a twist so ludicrous that you could never guess it, and it kind of makes sense but it's also so fucking stupid that it makes you reevaluate everything in your entire life. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I can't wait. So, I'll leave it at that. I don't really have nothing comes to mind. <laughs> so, anyway, have fun, guys. Okay, so thanks to Brad, I think. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Oh, my God.